0: does have it all all of our pre-owned vehicles are hubler q certified which include a 128 point vehicle inspection a free carfax vehicle history report and two warranties a two-year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com
1: oh what's going on everybody brian no in for jake here jimmy cook Eddie Garrison, my compadres, my goodness, I've missed you guys so much. How have you been doing? You've been prospering during the football season over here? We've been flourishing, Brian, though. How have you been? Been good until week six. Good Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I should actually say week seven of the college football season. My goodness. I'll tell you what, Jimmy, I don't know if you've done this. You're a DraftKings guy, right? I am indeed. Do you go run or pass every now and then? Do you you dip your beak in the run or pass waters there? The
2: only flash bet waters I dip my beak into are result of drive beak dipping. That would be punt, field goal attempt, turnover on downs. I've really gotten into doing last possession of the game right before that possession starts betting turnover. Like Sunday Night Football, I bet turnover on that last drive. Justin Herbert throws a pick. We're rolling in a plus 200 juice. It was nice. But no, I've never done the pass run slash ball strike that eddie and i discussed off air yesterday because it is a dangerous game
1: <laughs> very nice interception by former colt stefan gilmore indeed. there indeed it was yes very nicely done <laughs> he looked like a wide receiver catching that ball before it hit the turf or yeah um well every now and then truth be told i will go runner pass okay, okay? now you got to pick your spots you gotta be savvy with this, and
2: you have to be ahead of it, right? Because you're usually you on some type of delay, unless you're there in person.
1: That's true, but if you're watching, you know, like a network channel, sure. with uh, an antenna, yes. not too much lag okay. time. Like if you're streaming a game, like if you're streaming a London game, <laughs> you're like four plays behind. Yeah. You might not want to go run or pass there. But I thought I had a key spot in the IU Michigan game. Oh, it's raining. Michigan is leading by I don't know how many touchdowns toward the end of the game. I'm like, there is no earthly reason for Michigan to throw a pass here. I'm going heavy run. It was a screen pass. I'm like, oh, no, what are they doing? And it just got worse from there. Oh, last week was horrible. I have been flying high during the football season, Jimmy.
2: It's funny that you bring up that game because our – Mainstay host, Jake Query, who is out today, out the next two days, was, I guess, had a moment of clairvoyance around August that... IU is going to knock off Michigan. Now to be clear, Jake's not really a betting man. So okay. like he didn't place money on this game, but it was like bold prediction of the year. IU's going to hang around and we had, we had a quarter there, Brian, we had a quarter of seven oh, nothing yeah. that felt just glorious. Like maybe the sun was shining brightly on the Hoosiers and then they remembered they were the 2023 Hoosiers and also <sighs> Michigan remembered eh, we can do whatever we want. Right. Sure, do we need to run in obvious run situations? Heck no, we'll just do a screen and ruin Brian's bet in the
1: process. It'd be a good time. I felt bad because I think I accidentally sort of jinxed one of my friend's bets. Mm. So <laughs> he hit me up earlier that day and he t- took a couple of screenshots and he was betting on IU early. He hit on IU in the first quarter and I was like, hey man, great bets. And then I'm like, wait a minute, he sent me a couple of shots. And then later on, he was like, uh, it kind of evened out because <laughs> IU wet themselves. He had them plus 13 oh. and a half in the first half. And IU got off to this great start, scored a touchdown, had the lead. I'm like, great bets, man. <laughs> and then Michigan was leading by two touchdowns, and he did. And it was uh, – I forget. I'd have to look, but it was like either fourteen to one or something like that. The odds that sure. he got, I felt like I accidentally sort of jinxed it by throwing up the pom poms there.
2: Maybe you just hang your hat on the fact that you were only twenty four hours removed from Friday the Thirteenth in in October. Maybe maybe just a whole lot of convergence of bad omens, and it wasn't just your fault. Maybe maybe that's how you sleep at night. You know
1: what? Let's throw it on that. Let's throw it on the 13th instead of me. I like that. Um, the guest list is fantastic. Eddie Van Garrison doing work over here. Adam Archuleta coming up at 1230. CBS NFL analyst. He'll be on the Colts call for a third straight week. Is he getting sick and tired of the Colts over here? That's I asked my Eddie question. that
2: yesterday. I was like, wait, we have Adam Archuleta again? Why? He's like, Cause he's on the Colts call again. I'm like, this guy's been living in Indianapolis for the last <laughs> month, apparently. <laughs> happy to have him on again, though.
1: Jake Trotter at 130. He's a Browns reporter at ESPN.com. Also, Matt Taylor, radio voice of the Colts, he's at two o'clock. Very good. I want to start off with positivity over here because we're going to shift gears when we get to the Colts here in just a second. But happy I have my seatbelt birthday on, for what it's ha- worth. You, you better you better be buckled up. Make sure that airbag is ready to deploy. <laughs> good lord! But happy birthday to my mom. My mama dearest, she turns, I'm not going to say how old today, it doesn't matter, she still seems young, spry, quick, awesome as ever, and I got to uh, sing happy birthday, it's a tradition. Jimmy, I sing happy birthday to my mom, to my sister. I used to sing to my nephews. I sang to my young nephew, Ty, at the time. And his response was, why did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't sing to my nephews anymore, but I sing to my mom and my sister. Happy birthday to the Matriarch of the No family. Well done. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yes. She went out to breakfast with my sister, so it should be a good day. Should be a good day. Now, we get to these (laughs) Colts. That was a
2: very brief moment of positivity. Yes. I'm glad, I'm glad it was just tied for a birthday shout out. Now we're back. We're, we're you know, fully encapsulating the weather outside in downtown Indianapolis, which is dreary,
1: rainy and cold. How about this? If you feel like you need a positivity, like a life preserver, just, just tell me. Just tell me and we'll, okay. whatever, we'll revisit the happy birthday wishes for my mom if it gets a little bit too critical or negative with the Colts. But here's what I'm thinking, Jimmy. All right. This Anthony Richardson injury, okay? The 2023 season for the Colts is already a massive failure. Massive failure. And look, I'm not blaming Anthony Richardson. He uses his legs, Okay, he's not going to be just a stand-in-the-pocket quarterback. We all get that. I'm not blaming him for running. But the end result of the injury so early in the season just screws the Colts all across the board. Anthony Richardson attempted 84 passes. That's it. That's all we talked about all off season. Jimmy, was limited reps in college through fewer than 400 passes. And now in his rookie season, he has 84 passing attempts and he's done for the year. Like this year was all about not wins and losses. It was about Anthony Richardson's development. And we're not going to see that unfold. That's already a massive failure. And I'm not blaming him, but that's the end result.
2: I appreciate the offer on the positivity life preservers, but 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 I, but I don't I don't need them because okay. thankfully you you are giving me the opportunity. I grabbed mine underneath my seat cushion. Right, I was ready to deboard the plane. I didn't go in a panic. I have my life preserver. I'm ready to jump into the chilly waters and address the issues at hand, which are I agree with you. The season, in terms of get him reps, is lost. And I know that you'll likely push back on this and maybe rightfully so, but going into 2024 and what is basically a do-over of his rookie campaign, I feel better, not to say confident that it's going to be a lock that he's their franchise quarterback, but I feel better about his ability to play the position than I would have had I not seen him at all in 2023. The injury, like whatever, like you said, you can't blame anybody for that. If I blame anybody, it's whoever, it was Jim Bob Cooter, Shane Steichen, combination of the two that called that designed run at your own 25. Like that really frustrates me in general in terms of how to injure quarterbacks if you're looking at a manual of how to do it. But I'm happy we saw him. He was not this inaccurate, fearful of the moment quarterback that many projected he would be because he only had 13 starts in college albeit in a very small sample size. So, while the season from his development is lost, I am not more fearful of his 2024 outlook due to this injury or due to what I saw on the field if that makes sense. I
1: I hear you. I get the argument. I just see it differently because sure. I don't know why people are convinced about Anthony Richardson. How can you be convinced he's a not, franchise quarterback? Not
2: convinced. I, I'm not convinced that he is their franchise quarterback. But I feel better about... I was so worried mm-hmm. going into 2023 because of the reps, because of the accuracy issues. And I again... Does four games make a career? Absolutely not. You could say a whole season doesn't necessarily make a career. For a lot of people, you saw what Trevor Lawrence did a year ago. A lot of people are like, all right, we'll do it again. Right? You had one bad year, and then you bounce mm-hmm. back in year two. I need to see it again in year three. And you're kind of seeing that from Trevor Lawrence so far this season for doubters out there. For Richardson, he's done nothing to largely quell the doubters, but he's done enough to where going into this offseason, you feel like you might have something. You still don't have a clear answer, but you feel like it might be a clearer picture than it was going into last
1: year. I think feeling better about Anthony Richardson – Makes a lot more sense than being convinced. Sure, right. Like if you feel better, great. I I can understand that a lot more than somebody else who's utterly convinced. And that's what I've been hearing a lot of. Is like, hey, hey Anthony Richardson. Huh? Hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, <laughs> really? I mean, well, that's look. the imaging the Colts are sending out, right? Like, look no
2: further than Jim Irsay's comments yesterday. Like he believes Anthony Richardson is going to be the next great thing in the NFL. And what else do you expect your owner to say? Well, yeah. But but I feel like like rational fans and they're aren't a ton of them because fans are irrational by nature. I'm one of them. Brian, you're one of them. So is Eddie. I'm very rational. Very, very (laughs) rational. I'm not saying in this conversation. I mean, when we take off the headset, we're watching our favorite sports teams. Sometimes irrational (laughs) things happen. I've been there. Um, But for the rational Colts fan, I feel like you're still in the jury still out mode, but that you feel a little bit better about what you might have than all the uncertainty of going into the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, I just think it's I think a lot of the conversation that's overly flowery, mm-hmm. if you will. Sure. It's acting as if the sample size is a lot larger than it was.
2: Yeah, it's weaponized that way by some that want him to be the next
1: great franchise quarterback. I agree with you on that. Yeah, because you're talking at the end of the day, 84 passing attempts and 25 rushes. That That's it. Yeah. <laughs> 84 passing attempts. Passer ratings at 87. That's you know middle of the road, and he's a rookie, so you have to keep that in mind. There's no doubt about that. I think there were some positive signs, absolutely, but for anyone who's just convinced or over yeah. the top flowery, it's like, bro. The the biggest thing to me is how injury prone is he going to be going forward, because stylistically he's not going to just be like, you know what. I'm just going to be Dan Marino now in terms of (laughs) sitting in the pocket. I'm not going to use my legs. New day and age for me, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. No, he's going to continue doing what he does. That's who he is as a quarterback. And you look at these four starts. He didn't finish three of the games. He had the ankle slash knee in the first one, then a concussion, then the shoulder injury knocked out for the year. Four starts doesn't finish three games. The guy's been a walking medicine cabinet. I'm worried about that going forward for sure.
2: It's definitely in the back of my mind. It's in the back of Colts fans' mind because you're at a point now, while we can argue about what he did on the field, and you could point to any of the takeaways from his game-by-game film, from his full stat line for the season, there's plenty of narratives that can be made there. Also, too, can narratives be made from... Injuries. Look at Tua a year ago, right? Like I feel like right. and you're you're the Dolphins fan in this corner. So Spins you can up. speak to this. Since uh up, hey, five and one hey, looking great. Big I have, one against Philly. Big one. I have been saying since we talked during the summer, I think you were in agreement with me then. You're definitely in agreement with me now. You remember League Pass team or league pass alert whenever this team's on, <laughs> that's the Dolphins. They are Sunday ticket alert when they're not on primetime or not on national television. They're an exciting team to watch and they're a very good football team. But you feel like I think in the back of your mind, you're still a hit from two away from maybe the season collapsing in on itself. Maybe not that far like you were a year ago because of where they're at in the season, but for the Colts, I'm still in. Yes, it's a bad sign. It's a very <laughs> bad omen that he didn't finish four, or barely finished four games this year. That 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 is not a good omen for his trajectory, but there's yet to be at least in his NFL career injuries that are happening in the same area of his body. Like take for example, and maybe this, I don't know if this is a bad example or not, Brian, but whenever I think of mobile quarterbacks and careers ending too soon, I think of what happened to RG three. I think of him getting, I can't remember who they played, but I think of him getting hurt in that game where Kirk cousins comes in for relief briefly. And then he comes out and still tries to gut it out. And like, I think of a career just kind of going down the drain in one game like that for RG3 I don't feel that way for Anthony Richardson because a we're not dealing with knees just yet in terms of long-term serious injury I know he had the whatever bump with his ankle slash knee against the Jaguars in the opener but that's not our fear our fear now is a a shoulder injury it's going to have a surgery it's supposed to I know it's scary especially when it's a throwing shoulder but the idea is this is supposed to increase the chances of it not happening again I'm not on the train of he's injury prone Though I will say it does not look good in that small sample size. Well, listen. <laughs> it
1: is not this great. This year, he was the definition yes, of yes, injury bro. Yes, if yes. you turn to that in a dictionary, it's yes, AR. It's his Just picture. smiling yes. at you yeah. with two thumbs up. Like, hey, man, it's me. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, briefly, while it's on my mind, the RG3 injury happened on a grass field. You know, there's whole, this whole grass versus turf yeah. debate and all that, but that that was a, a poor grass field. That was almost like sand <laughs> <laughs> that he yes. got hurt on. Um, look, the Tua-AR comparison is interesting because, look, uh, Tua has – done a good job so far remaining upright he's not running as much and i think he's getting rid of the ball sooner yeah uh, there are a lot of times think about that injury against the bills last year where it was the one everybody will remember where he's staggering around after his head hits the back yep. of the field um it, like he just held on to the ball way too long repeatedly I'm like, Tua, you're you're not a huge guy. You're not built like Josh Allen. Get rid of the freaking ball. Like, avoid those hits. And he's done a very good job of that this year. Now, compare that to AR. How does he avoid some of the problems and what led to him being injured? He's got to slide. Got to slide a whole lot more. And look, man, I don't see Lamar sliding a ton. You know what I mean? It's just built into his DNA of like, I'm going to try to get every blade of grass or turf I can get. And it's like, dude, sometimes you're hustling backwards that way. I just, look, I think it's all situational. Yes. If it's third and three, it's a key spot in the fourth quarter, a playoff game, you got to get the first down. If we're talking week five, And it's the first half. And And you're
2: at your own 20. Like it's different if you're in the inside the five and then I get it. Okay. Like that's a great play design being five yards away from pay dirt, but being not just at midfield, not at your own 40 you're inside your own 25. Like there's situations where maybe good idea, maybe bad idea. And that one didn't look like it was a, I mean, I guess he could have potentially done something else with the football, but it felt like it was a designed run call for him. And it's an unfortunate injury, right? I'm not going to sit here and blame the Colts staff that like, Oh, they got Anthony Richardson hurt. But it's like, if I am looking with hindsight and I'm reevaluating how we use our dual threat quarterback, if I'm on that staff, I'm thinking, you know,
1: maybe not inside your own 20. Maybe I, I don't have an issue with it. That's just me. I know they're going to run him. It's injuries happen in football. It's unfortunate. But I'm with you on the situational side is what I'm trying to go. Right, right, right. No doubt. No doubt. But the thing that's really alarming to me is the hit didn't even look like anything that's just a routine tackle i know harold landry landed on anthony richardson but he didn't drive him into the ground there wasn't anything malicious and ar just rolled onto yeah. his back and pointed to his shoulder like dude i'm screwed up immediately that's the scary thing is anthony richardson is built like a greek god he is yes put together well and. Bryce Young was supposed to be the brittle guy. (laughs) Anthony Richardson makes Bryce Young look like Brett Favre. He looks like he's going to be the (laughs) Iron Man of the NFL. How does Anthony Richardson suffer these many injuries this soon? And how is that going to change going forward based on his style of play? Unless he's just blessed with a blend of better luck and more discretion, he's just going to continue to get banged up. After the
2: one in Houston... I was willing to sit down and say, well, you know what? Like, maybe maybe it is just what he said happened, that he pulled up too soon, that he wasn't ready for that last defender, and the momentum did cause whiplash, and he hits the back of his head. So maybe that's just unfortunate timing. You learn, you grow from it. But yes, the more they stack up, and the fact that, Season's over for him, right? We knew that yesterday when they announced that he's having season-ending surgery. So there's no more last impression for your rookie season that you're able to put into people's minds. All we have to go off of is the body of work. And while there are some bright spots on tape, there's also that looming factor of most of your rookie season is marred by injury. Where's the level of certainty about just your health, not your ability to play the position, but your health in 2024 and that's unfortunate that that stinks that yeah. that's the conversation that he's going to have to be a part of.
1: But that's life in the NFL. Total bummer, man. What, what's the mainstream takeaway from fans as far as the injury in the season? So far? I,
2: I, I think there is a high level. Well, there's a high level of optimism for people I talk to about the same thing I mentioned earlier, which is
1: we might have something here. Like, Uh I don't think the majority of fans... Based on these 84 pass attempts and his 87 pass rating, we got a franchise guy! I think it's based on the six or seven years, whatever it was, of sucky quarterback play mixed with hope. There's
2: there's blind optimism. If you you haven't consumed food because you're lost in the woods for three weeks, then all of a sudden you find a rotting apple. Like, yeah, I get it. That suddenly becomes a five-star dinner. I understand there's some truth to that. But I would also like to point out the fact that I'm not saying their words have been franchise quarterback. I'm saying that there were all these question marks when they took him about what he could be. And those are still there in 2024. But I think it's less about can he play football at that position at a high level? And more so, can he do it consistently? And can he stay healthy? There were Mm -hmm. so many question marks about the reps. And they're still there. He only played four, really three and a half games but I never felt like the moment was too big for him. Like Mm -hmm. he was throwing errant passes left and right in a small sample size. If he ends the year, which is not going to happen, but if we would have super simmed it out and he ends the year a tick or so below 60% completion percentage, that would have been a win in terms of the concerns that you had going into this season. You're not going to get that full body of work, but like there's pockets of, well, had he stayed healthy, what would the year have been that you can say, I'm looking forward to 2024. There are also some crazy Colts fans that are like guaranteed franchise quarterback. This is it. Oh, Build the gosh. statue tomorrow. And yeah. there's also super pessimists that are like, go try to get a quarterback in this year's draft.
3: <laughs> I'm not in that camp,
2: but they exist. And I've seen them in the break room. I know they exist. Our YouTube <laughs> chat. I know they exist.
1: So Are his initials EG? Is that his, <laughs>
2: no? no, his initials are not EG.
1: Okay. Um, look, man, I think that The expectations, like what you were thinking heading in, it's so interesting with Anthony Richardson. I just compare it to, think of it with Bryce Young. You know, like what Anthony Richardson did and what Bryce Young has done, they're pretty similar, just statistically. And it's like, oh gosh, Bryce Young, yuck, you know? And it's like, hey, Anthony Richardson. And a lot of it's tied to who did what in college, right? Bryce Young won a Heisman. Bryce Young was in the national championship game. Bryce Young put up huge numbers with Alabama. And Anthony Richardson started 13 games. And so the expectations factor into the evaluation of their rookie seasons, you know? And that's what's so interesting with AR is that for a fourth overall pick, his expectations were abnormal, you know, they were abnormally low for a top five guy. And so when he plays well, I mean, he didn't like go crazy, but he played well. I think because the expectations were low, yeah. it's a bit of a Purdy effect. I know that sounds weird because Purdy was the last pick of the draft and AR was the fourth overall pick. But in terms of the expectations being so low... And when those expectations that are really low are exceeded, sometimes people forget how low the bar was to begin with, right? That's how I see it.
2: And it'll be interesting to me to see where, I know we got to take a break, but it'll be interesting for me to see where the bar gets reset in 2024. Because I agree with you, the bar was set relatively low for him for a number of different reasons. We mentioned the starts, we mentioned the accuracy issues, and in the small sample size, I felt like he gave enough reassurance to clear that bar but now it needs to be readjusted for 2024 in what is basically a do-over of his rookie season. Where is the bar set for him next year? That becomes a question for the Colts. And how do you build around him this offseason? Yeah.
1: All right. Adam Archuleta coming up next. CBS NFL analyst calling a Colts game for the third straight week. <laughs> <laughs> so i will get his notes on Browns v. Colts coming right up. I'm Brian, though, in for Jake. It's Query and Company here on The Fan. I'm Brian. Noen for Jake, alongside Jimmy Cook here on the fan. Want to welcome in Adam Archuleta, CBS NFL analyst on the call on the call for a Colts game for the third straight week. You know what? This uh, this music over there at CBS. Where does that rank? I know it's a, it's a terrible question to ask you, Adam. Yeah, I think by default you have to put it at number one. But if you're being completely honest with the lead in music, where is it with CBS with the NFL theme music right there?
3: Uh, you know what? I'm going to answer this honestly. I, I, I get jacked up when I hear it. To tell you the <laughs> truth, I, I really do. Especially when uh, when it's like the off season and we start getting ready and ramping up, and we go to our seminar and they have that music playing. It, it kind of gives you goosebumps. So um, I'm a big fan of it. It's it's an indelible mark I think on all of us.
1: Man, I am too. We're going to have to put our our list together here in a bit, Jimmy, but that's got (laughs) to rank highly there. Are you sick and tired of the Colts yet, Adam, if you're being completely honest with us, calling them for a third straight week here, huh?
3: Of course not. Why would I be sick and tired of the Colts? (laughs) You know, that would be rude uh, to say that. Um, I do feel like I know them pretty well. Um, but, uh, so right now I'm one of one, they gave me a good, uh, it was a great game against Tennessee, uh, very fun game to call last week. They, you know, they fell a little short, so hopefully they can get back on it and we can have a good time.
2: Do they have a table for you at Harry and Izzy's or St. Elmo's yet at this point though? I mean, there's gotta be something with the amount of Colts games you have under your belt at this point.
3: Well, you know what? Um, I, I haven't really in the last couple of years, I haven't. It seems like I've had a lot of Colts on the road. Mm. And so I haven't spent a lot of time. I think, you know, two years, two times, this will be my second time. This could be, I don't think I've ever been to Indy more than twice. So, um, and you know what? I haven't done St. Elmo's. So mm. it's been a long time since I've done that. But they got a, uh, a great little cigar lounge that, uh, that we like to go to. There you
1: go. When you compare the two quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson now hurt, Gardner Minshew in there, I mean, the, the running, and the legs, it's much different. But in terms of the way the offense is called by Shane Steichen, what are the differences you see between AR being in there and Minshew being in there?
3: Well, there's a lot of similarities schematically. Um, I'll say that first um the biggest difference that i noticed not only calling this game and 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 when i went back and i actually watched the film was obviously anthony's ability to run the ball uh, we all know that but it's really there were opportunities to throw the ball downfield that i feel like Anthony would have taken those shots and that they actually had stuff open and they could have got, gotten some big plays and explosives that for some reason, I didn't think Gardner, he didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know obviously, I mean, this is uh, captain obvious, you know, Anthony, his arm, there's a different in arm caliber, right? And so um, it's just a fact. And so I, I feel like that in and of itself I think if they could have at least had the threat of a quarterback, and we've seen Anthony uh, willing to rip the ball in, into some situations, it, it changes the way a secondary can play you. And so I thought that that was really a, really a big element that was missing from the Colts' offense last week.
2: Adam Archuleta of CBS Sports is our guest. Adam, you mentioned going back and looking at the film. When you looked at Gardner Minshew's tape, where were your lines of his turnovers? Was it more so him and just like things he was doing or was it Jacksonville's defense being a, a very tough
3: out that day? Well, it was a combination of both, but look, you know, uh, they were, there were bad turnovers. Um, there's really, there's no really one a, a way to say it in an easy, in an easy manner The throws, um, they just weren't good throws. You know, and, and it's atypical. You know, usually he doesn't he doesn't do that. That's not really his profile. Um, there were bad throws. Now, I said this in the game, and, and and kind of it was the nature of the way the game unfolded. But Jacksonville, as, as a defensive player, the Colts didn't really do anything to really get them to you know, the linebackers to move around or to to look at other things or to chase stuff or to to chase stuff underneath so you can hit them behind. Um, They were just able to kind of just sit back in their zone and read the quarterback. And so they're really, if you look at it, there was no threat of any play action. And so the linebackers, they're just dropping in there. So if you're going to try and throw a seam or a deep end cut and you have no mechanism to move the linebacker or get them to pull up or anything, it's going to be tough, man, because those guys are talented guys back there. And so to me, that was really the one thing that really stood out. When you study like the really good offenses, man, their DBs are moving all over the place. They're seeing all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of eye candy. There's, there's little sucker routes. There's play action. I mean, there's all that stuff. Right. And so that, that that was missing. So it was basically, they're going to drop back into their zone and they're going to play their base defense. And so they're not going to play a lot of man coverage. And so you've got to be able to move those zones and you've got to be able to open up those holes and you've got to be able to drive it in there. And, and the Colts just, um, they weren't able to do that. And part of that, their play calling is just, you know, that, that strip sack was catastrophic because now you're down 14-3. And so I get it. What do you do, right, against that run front? It, really a tough situation that unfolded. They, they just couldn't get Jacksonville to change or get them to counter. And that was, that was really where things went off.
1: When you look at Deshaun Watson might be on the shelf again with that shoulder injury. If you're currently his teammate, Adam, and you hear things like, well, there's a bruise or there's a micro tear in the rotator cuff, are you simply saying, hey, man, Ford's going to be back there when he's healthy? or, Or do you squint your eyes and wonder, could he be playing? How would you react if you're currently his teammate?
3: You know, that's that's something that you never know what, what guys are going through. Um, you really don't. And I think you get a, a pretty good sense when you're somebody's teammate. If a guy's a warrior, you know, if a guy, like you just kind of know. And so I, I don't, I'm not in that locker room. And I, I wouldn't paint Deshaun as a guy that's just kind of doesn't feel like going. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I it's, I, you got to take it at face value. Um, I will say that, you know, injuries are a funny thing, and innately, players you you, you want to play through stuff, and most most guys do. You know, I, I look back at my career, and I made one like really bad mistake that I really really regret, and that was my fourth year in the league. I I started out in training camp. I had a bulge disc, and I played through it the entire season, and so I could play in my mind, I wasn't playing that good, but I didn't really associate it with my injury. But the fact is it got worse and worse and worse. And by the end of the season, it turned into two disc herniations. And now I've been dealing with it for the rest of my life. Right. And so I wish that I would have shut it down and not played and and taken some rest um, in hindsight. Right. And so it's a really, it's, it's a touchy thing. If you're a quarterback, if you're a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback and you know you make your money with your your shoulder and your right arm you know who am I to tell you to to fight through it you know that's that's your livelihood and and your effectiveness so that's this is me coming from a guy that absolutely has no idea um, how bad the injury is what he's going through how effective he is in practice that's it, just my general thoughts on injuries I think it's a uh, there's things you can play through and then again at times I wish that you know I, I I would have had a much different outcome if, if, if maybe I shut it down in, in a time where uh, I kept playing.
2: Adam Archuleta of CBS Sports is our guest. Adam, I asked you this a couple weeks ago, and I'll ask it again, but you already mentioned it with Game Script. It was tough to get a real feel for where the Colts' running game is right now, but from a snap count standpoint, it was 80 to 15 percent in Week Five. 50-42, to 42, still an edge to Zach Moss over Jonathan Taylor, but it was a little bit more in the middle with those two backs. Did you see anything that stood out to you on Sunday in terms of where things might be trending as Jonathan Taylor continues to be eased back into this Colts offense?
3: Yeah, again, it's really, really tough. It was a, a game that got away from them. I would say this. It, it's <laughs> We think it's easy. But for guys to just miss time and come back, it's it's not that easy. I don't care how good Jonathan Taylor is. So there is definitely a working your way back process to this. Um, uh, in my opinion, just knowing great running backs and just being around the game, I, I think before he really, really starts to feel it, he's got to have a 20-touch game uh, in the run game. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to get that ladder. You've got to get into a rhythm. You've got to get, like – you know, you can't just come in and just get peppered in and just sprinkled in and think that, you know, all of a sudden you're going to find your groove. I just feel that it, he needs to have, you know, these, these backs, they've got to have some volume and they've got to get into a rhythm. And so I think until the Colts are able to get into that type of a game, I don't think that he's going to get back to himself. Um, and that's just, that's just what I feel. So I think there is an easing, an easing in process. Um, Again, last week was probably very frustrating. Um, but, you know, I go, I go to the Browns. Look, they were playing the 49ers, who was one of the best run defenses, one of the best defenses in the NFL, with a backup quarterback, with a really tough front, without yeah. Nick Chubb, and they found a way to run the ball for 140 yards, right? <laughs> so I think, you know, like don't abandon it, and especially the way the Colts offensive line played against Tennessee, against another tough front um I think sometimes you still gotta you still gotta attempt to run the football and not just say hey these guys are really really good and try to get cute and try and get tricky you know you still got to I feel like the Colts if they're going to be successful they're going to have to be a strong running play action football team I just I just truly believe in that and and, and that's what I think they have to be. I have
1: to know, Adam, because I always remember when you were in the NFL, they would show this video of you. You were in like a push-up position and you would like spring up and you would either do a 180 or like a full 360. And it's like, how did that come about? Like, where were you when you first started doing that? Whose idea was it? I have to know that.
3: Well, if you can find that video, send it to me so I could show my wife, so I could show her like what I used to be. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a shell of that now. Uh, like, uh, you know, that my workout uh, gained a lot of attention and, uh, we had a very unique program and I just remember, um, we were just having a conversation with my trainer about just generating true power and, and what that means. And, and he, and he kind of mentioned, you know, if you really want to like be powerful, this is one of the things, and and so we kind of worked. That was kind of a goal of mine since I met him. It took me about maybe four years to do, and then I finally got strong enough where I could pull it off and like do a push up and do a three sixty. So, some of the cool stuff that I guess, uh, uh you know, what I I'm kind of like you. Yeah, I kind of feel like Al Bundy right now. <laughs> <laughs> you really you really put me in that. You really put me in that Al Bundy kind of mood right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, man, go. I'll never forget that. It was impressive. Yeah. They would show that during
1: your games, and I'm like, how the hell does he do I'm going to try that after the show. I think I could get a good 45 degrees right now, Adam. That's about it. That's all I could promise.
3: I like your chances. I think you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should film it. Yeah. Now I won't even look at myself in the mirror after I get out of the shower. I just I don't even make eye contact in the mirror anymore. So that's 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 where I'm that's where I'm at. If I try the experiment, I'll throw it
1: on X. I'll, I'll tag you on X over there so you know what what you're looking at. That'll that'll make you feel even better about your Al Bundy glory days, right there, Adam. Uh, before you go, what kind of dude is Spiro Ditas? I, I'm not talking about in the booth because he's phenomenal. But what's he like uh, outside of work?
3: Oh, uh, that's my guy, man. Um, so I worked with Spiro, I think we were together four years and then I was with with Gumbel the last two years. And so now I'm back with Spiro and, uh, Spiro's my guy, man. He, he's actually become one of my best friends. Um, good dude. He, he is a, um, he's a true man of leisure. He, I mean, that's, that's the (laughs) way I extract him. He is, he is a man of leisure and you know, he does, he's, he's had this just really awesome career and one of the few guys that. I don't think a lot of people may know this, but right out of school, he got the the Lakers radio gig. That's right. Um, which, Absolutely. Which, which is pretty, pretty unbelievable. right? <laughs> so um, now Spiro's a good dude, you know, when he's done with hoops, you know, after the with play, NBA playoff hoops, he spends about uh, five months in Greece with his wife. And so, um, you know, he, that's kind of the way he lives, but uh, I'm really, really thrilled to be with Spiro. And, you know, love hanging out on the road and, you know, going to get a cigar, checking out some great cigar bars and that kind of stuff. But uh, really a good dude that, that, that really enjoys, you know, again, I think being a man of leisure is the best way to describe him. That's great, man.
1: Well, hey, Adam, fun with you today, man. Hope you enjoy the Colts for a third straight week. And uh, really enjoyed the visit, man. Have a good evening.
3: Yeah, thanks for making me kind of like feel bad and good at the same time. So I that. <laughs> no problem, man. That's what we're here for. Have some
2: St. Elmo's. It'll make you feel better.
1: All right. There you go, man. There he is. Adam Archuleta, CBS Sports NFL analyst. Be calling the Browns and Colts on Sunday. Uh you a cigar guy, Jimmy? No, not really. No. You? <laughs> Well, I, I didn't realize that when I asked you that question where this was going to go. I should have. So I, um, I'm i divorced now, unfortunately. But um, on my honeymoon, when I was married, <laughs> we didn't get is this divorced the positive, on the honeymoon. Is this the
2: positive section of the show? You, you no. mentioned that at the top. I'm just no. wondering if we're getting more of that. or Okay. It right, just, okay. just
1: gets darker. Okay. It just gets darker. Um, so we, at some point, we were about to leave, and we had a Cuban cigar. And we had to board the plane and... Jimmy, I felt so sick. <laughs> if I was like, <laughs> I'm like buzzed. I'm staggering around. I accidentally, you know, had a, what do they call it in the hot dog eating contest? A reversal. Oh. You know, when you kind of, I had a reversal. <laughs> and I felt great and I boarded the plane and we were out of there. But yeah, no V cigars. Advantage cigars. Right. I'm 0-1 against the cigars so tail, far. My... Tail of the tape tells it all. That's all, yeah. that's all you need, right? <laughs> I think I accidentally inhaled a little bit too much over there. what happened. All right, coming up next, there's an interesting stat that involves the Colts' upcoming opponent. We'll throw that at you right around the corner. I'm Brian, though, in for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. Squarian
4: Company here on The Fan.
1: Brian, no in for Jake. Jimmy cook here. So crazy stat involving the Colts upcoming opponent. So they obviously host the Browns who played the 49ers last week, Jimmy. And the stat is that the, 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 uh, the, the team that plays the 49ers the next week. Not so good. <laughs> <laughs> Not so good the following week after facing the 49ers. We're talking, this is obscene, man. I, I don't know if uh gambling Jimmy is ready for this, Uh-oh. you know, might, might be taking notes here, you know, kind of like a lick the pencil, if you will. Sure, I don't sure. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm standing at attention. Ready, ready to go. Yeah. Teams that play the 49ers. In 2023 or like over the last 15? Going back to last season. Okay. The last 19 weeks. All right. They are 1 and 18 straight up. They do not fare well the week after playing the 49ers. How crazy is that?
2: That
5: is a wild stat. That's, that's that's an all-time stat. It sounds like, though, Brian. So I should bet the house is what you're saying on the Indianapolis but Colts to run. I mean, that's what the
1: trend would suggest. Every now and then, like Pantera once said, the trend is dead. Huh? Doesn't actually work in your favor there. I would need
2: to see dive into those matchups and see when the win came. Has it been in the last five games or has it been like a long time ago that that straight up win happened? That would matter to me a Uh, little bit in terms of weighing that, but sounds like we have a good old-fashioned bake-off because you have a stat that might lead to a Browns loss. I have some breaking news that might lead to a Browns win.
1: Oh, let's do that.
2: This for me in Rappaport, quarterback Deshaun Watson, rotator cuff bruising, is practicing today for the first time in a while per their offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, which was a confirmed report as well from Amari Cooper getting the nod there because he had mentioned the media that he felt like Deshaun might practice today. So Watson did not practice yesterday, is practicing today. We'll see where the injury report goes, but potentially trending towards making his return. We'll see. But he is practicing today per Ian Rappaport. Wow. Interesting. And you mentioned
1: first practice in a while. Yes. Totally accurate. Do you realize his last full practice was September 22nd? Man. That's almost a full month ago. (laughs) Two days before my birthday that's crazy oh really okay so what september 24th bingo what are you eddie what what sign is that uh it's a good question (laughs) you don't even know your sign that's well see
5: it's it's like libra and virgo right there you know i think it's like the 22nd a weird crossover point okay yes
1: so you're not quite sure what is it like a day night thing? It's yep. like a a yeah. twin bill double header. You know yes, I mean? <laughs> yes.
5: <laughs> that was, that's a good one.
1: <laughs> okay, so you're a you're a mixture. That's even better or worse. I don't know how it works. I have no idea. Yeah, over there. What, what's your birthday there, Jimmy? Uh January one. What's that? Capricorn. Capricorn. Yep. There you go. January first, huh? Indeed. I bet your 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 dad was ticked off about that goodness there are games on right now <laughs> well
2: i thought you're gonna go the other way and be like oh he could be at a new year's eve party but instead he's waiting for my arrival but no yeah games whichever you want to go with i will say though i i've i've obviously he, he thinks
5: have. the uh, the countdowns for his birthday I, look look the he ego needs to be that.
2: flexed some way so yeah the world might be counting down for a new year <laughs> they're really counting down to a new new age for young jay cook i anymore. love so, it though. do you know what time uh, around, around i think three Around three
1: in the morning, I think. Three in the okay. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah, love it. By the way, my. What about see. you? What's your sign? When you ask you, November fourth. Okay. So, uh, uh, ah, what's it called? Scorpio. Nice. That's what I am. Yeah. yeah. But uh, true story, super fast. When my older nephew Minnie Matt was born, it was he's about twenty years old right now. It was the night of the national championship game. It was Miami and Ohio State when Miami got royally screwed with the fake pass interference penalty in the end zone. (laughs) Oh, but I'm watching the game in the waiting room and the delivery room is way down the hall. And my mom was like, I think I heard I think I heard crying. I think the baby is here. And I'm like, they're not even close to this room. And sure enough, she was right. She's got the supersonic mother hearing over there. <laughs> Minimat matt was born, and it's in the second half. And so we go there, we see Mini-Matt. It's like, ah, so I had to take a couple of pictures, and I said to my sister, hey, can we get the game on? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, B... Like I just gave birth over you. I'm like, it's the national title game. I'll have She's like, fine, go ahead. So we watched the national title game from the uh, the delivery. If room. you don't ask, you don't get, Brian. No, that's right. I tip the cap. I tip the that, cap. Doesn't that show how cool she is? <laughs> yes. She didn't stand between me and ball over there. It's a title game. Come on. All right. Coming up next. If this quarterback is trying to sound bad. He's doing a good job. Details on the way. I'm Brian Noen for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
4: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook. In for Jake today on the fan. Top of next hour, Matt Taylor, radio voice of the Colts. Less than a half hour from now, Jake Trotter, Brown's reporter for ESPN.com. Man, these Browns over here, Jimmy. Deshaun Watson. Uh, So not not the greatest interview with the media (laughs) yesterday? So they're asking about his shoulder injury. He's got this bruise and this rotator cuff thing going on. He's got a micro tear. And this was Deshaun on the timeline of when he might be healthy again.
6: Yeah, I mean, it can be any day. It can be tomorrow. It can be Sunday. It can be two weeks from now. I'm, I'm not even sure. You know, I'm just, like I said, it's day to day, and I'm following, you know, the steps of this the medical team. And, um, you know, when that time is, is ready, then I'm going to go out there. I can't put a timeline on, on anything right now. Okay.
1: Can't put a timeline on it. It's just, uh, you know. Let nature run its course, if you will. Now there was a follow-up question, Jimmy, which was: So did they, did they give you a timeline? Though this is the response.
6: Um, no, nah, I mean it's just really just day to day. It just kind of when it heals on its own, you know. And I think that's the that's the tricky part about it. It's one of those deals where it's no different than you know sprinter having a hamstring. It's just one of those deals where it's day to day. When it when it heals, it heals.
1: I You know, I don't know. Can you imagine Deshaun going to a doctor? And, of course, any athlete's going to know, what's the timeline? When can I get back? And he's just like nonchalant. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just not really a timeline. Just sort of when it happens, it'll happen, I guess. I, like, that's what he's telling the media. Like, dude, that's such a bad look. It just doesn't land well. Where he should, he should know by now to say, this is what they told me. I'm no medical expert. They've told me this. But when he's like, Answering the question, did they give you a timeline? And he's like, nah, not really. How could they not? What doctor would you go to that doesn't give you any timeline what your expected return would be? Who would ever do that?
2: The doctor just goes, well, what time is it? And Sean goes, well, why does that matter? Well, depending on what time it is, you could be closer to this date or you could be closer to that date. I mean, my best advice on this would be, When you get a follow-up like that, we're keeping that between me and the doctors. We're working hard every day trying to get me back on the field versus saying too much or... Right. Making it look like you don't know what's going on.
5: And there's another part of this, too, that yeah. I don't think we have remembered when we're talking about his recovery. Is that it doesn't matter to him when he's getting back out there. He's got a fully cu- guaranteed right. contract. Yeah. He's right. getting paid top dollar no matter what. I will say, though, the
2: fact that he's made these weird comments, Eddie, yesterday, and he's now practicing today. I mean, like, I, I'm not going to sit here, and I don't need to, because his... His off the field stuff speaks for himself. However, it would be very easy for Deshaun Watson to put the feet up and say, Well, I mean, the checks are still catching. What do I need to worry about? Like, it is a slightly better look 24 hours removed from those comments, knowing that he's practicing today. Still not a good look, though. It's
1: just, it's baffling to me. And he's not a rookie. That's what's baffling to me, too, right? He's been in the league, he's been around the block as far as the the NFL, the media, the questions that he can anticipate, the way that he's going to navigate through it. And that's the thing. If he didn't care about his reputation or his image or how he's talked about, okay, it'd make a lot more sense he answered those questions the way he did. But he does care. Yeah. So it's like, how can a guy who does care answer questions that clumsily – and not know what the reaction is going to (laughs) be. Did they give you a timeline, Deshaun? Nah, not really. Really, they didn't? Because it comes across like a guy who I don't know what the truth is. Is there a timeline and he's just being ultra careful because he doesn't want to go out there until he's 100%? That could be it. I don't know what the truth is, but that's the way it comes across.
2: Does it come across as more incompetent because it's the Browns? Like, it's just very par for the course for that franchise as a whole that the quarterback that you invested draft picks and an ungodly amount of money to, fully guaranteed, would be like, eh, I don't really feel like it today. Maybe we'll get out there, but it it all
1: depends on how this thing heals naturally. Man, and you think about this year – so, he got hurt against the Titans, and that was his best performance of the year, by far. Yeah. They crushed the Titans, 27-3. to He played great, but he got hurt on a running play in that game. Finished the game, and then right before the game against the Ravens, he was diagnosed with this injury a day before the game. He goes out there in pregame warmups, He tries to give it a go. He was ruled inactive. So he doesn't play that game. He misses the game last week against the Niners. They win. Now we don't we don't know what his status is against the Colts. He's practicing today. This whole thing has been weird. And yeah, to your point, Jimmy, it is Browns-esque. <laughs> it's like, is he going to play? And then meeting with the media where he's like, not really. I wasn't really given a timeline. It's just so odd here. For those that aren't Browns fans
2: this is a gift that's going to keep on giving for those that are Browns fans. It's so maddeningly frustrating. And again, oh, man. par for the course for your franchise, not the comments that he made. Like that's at this point happenstance, like, all right, this is just, I guess how he's going to handle these kind of things. With the media, it is the fact. So I was trying to figure out, well, they're like what two years into this now, like how much is left on the contract? Well, there's three years. Okay. That's, that's not too bad, right? He's making $19 million this year for the next three years. 63 per $63 million per year. And you like on the one hand, you need to balance where this season is because you're a playoff team. If the season ended today, you would be in the postseason. Now, again, that's going to be up for grabs week to week with how the Browns are playing right now, but you're a playoff team. If it ended today. So on the one hand, you'd like to make that push and get back into the postseason. But on the other hand, you have three years left with this guy where you're paying him all this money. You can't afford for whatever injuries he's dealing with right now to be injuries that can
1: be re over
2: the life of this contract. Otherwise, the deal is just going to look much worse than it already is.
1: It's a tricky thing, man, with injuries yeah. and especially quarterbacks. It really is. I just had a flashback to the Colts. Remember they were playing the Patriots in the AFC Championship game? And Peyton Manning, I think it was his thumb. He kind of messed up his thumb a little bit. And Jeff Saturday saw Jim Sorgi warming up. And he goes over to Peyton. He's like, brother, you got to go. <laughs> like, you got to get out there. And granted, that's the AFC championship game. We're talking about, what, week seven here? So that, that matters. But it's, it's a tricky thing where I just think of it like this, Jimmy. If every quarterback in the NFL had the exact same injury that Deshaun Watson is dealing with right here do none of them get back out there and play i don't think that's the case and so that's why i go back to how much is of this is being careful and understandably so and how much of it is being overly careful and not gutting it out like it's a tricky thing to figure out when it comes to something like this because this isn't some sort of catastrophic injury no chance no how you can get out there he finished the game against the titans yeah. with that injury So it's sort of like, well, what gives here truly? What's at play when he's not getting out there just yet?
2: I know they're two different injuries, but they both have some of the same area of the body involved in terms of your shoulder or your throwing arm. It's why, if I'm looking for silver lining as a Colts fan, the fact that they were able to diagnose where the sprain was with Anthony Richardson and determine that surgery is definitively the right move. And I also get you have to take into account where they are in their careers. Anthony Richardson is still super young, very young pup on the block versus where Deshaun Watson has been around for a while. He's approaching age 30 But the fact that it's a micro tear in his rotator cuff and like, hey, you could probably go once it heals, but there's no guarantee on a re-injury risk. It's got to be even more frustrating, both for Deshaun Watson and the Browns, because you want to get him back out there. But it's not clearly defined that, hey, surgery is the best option for you. There's a path where he still plays but he's got to be able to mask where pain tolerance lies versus when he's able to actually get back on the practice field. It is very telling to me that he got a practice rep this week. Where we Mm -hmm. were trending, I didn't think it was going to happen. you got to wait for the injury report. We'll talk to Jake Trotter here in a little bit to get probably more clarity on that. He was one of the media members in the scrum of the can't-put-a-timeline debacle yesterday. But the fact that he practiced today at least gives you a trend of where he wants to be. But I do agree with you, Brian, you would think with an injury like this on a team that is viewed by many as a championship-level team when they're fully healthy, or at least they think they are. That's what they're paying Deshaun Watson to be. You would think he's trying to gut it out at some point to get back out there for them.
1: And look, I get the other side of this, too, where you don't want this to linger. Yeah. You don't want this to go on the second half of the season, and maybe it's better to bite the bullet and miss a couple of games and get healthy. I get that, too. It's a tricky thing. That's all I'm saying. Is, but there are some explanations I just don't buy, where Deshaun, one of his comments said, uh, I'm not going to put the team in jeopardy if I can't do certain things. That is going to allow us to be handicapped in certain situations. That's the reason. That's the reason why I haven't been able to step on the field. Like, here's the thing, man. It's the backup quarterbacks, PJ.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, like it's, it's it's easier to say that when like Gardner Minshew or someone like that right. is waiting in the wings. But when it's PJ Walker who they right. you know, just got off the block this off earlier this season, and he's the one that's getting the starting nod, would a half Deshaun Watson really be that much worse? Would you really be handicapping what the Browns
1: could do? Absolutely not. (laughs) That's where you lose me on that argument. You saw the game against the the Niners where the go-ahead drive, PJ P.J. Walker threw a ball into the end zone that was nearly picked off when the Niners, you just... You tuck it and you run. You force the Niners to use a timeout. It was a horrible yeah. decision for multiple reasons. You're like, whoa, PJ, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so that's where I, when I I hear Deshaun saying oh, I can't go out there and you know, handicap the team in certain situations, it's like, dude, that's a hard sell when I just saw PJ Walker almost lose the game on a silly decision like that.
2: I can't buy into that argument because of where the Browns are as an offense and the type of player that Deshaun Watson is, right? Like it's not, you You don't have a, a, a gold arm waiting in the wings that could really truly make the Browns feel like, okay, Deshaun, you take all the time you need. We'll be fine. I will say one area where they can rest on that and – the, the numbers on it are staggering. I don't have them in front of me, but I know we'll get into them a little bit with Jake Trotter. That Browns defense is championship level six yeah. weeks into the season, leading in a number of different categories, top five in almost every category you look at, including yards per game, points per game, amount of sacks they're getting in terms of percentage in the pocket. Like they're a great defense, so you can stabilize it to an extent, but PJ Walker and the Browns offense look slightly more without Nick Chubb, especially slightly more like the Colts offense a year ago where okay your defense is going to keep you in games but if your offense can't keep you afloat eventually it's going to bite you and that's maybe not trending this area this week but it certainly came close to trending that way next week if not for a more missed field goal at time as time expired
1: i think both teams it's another reminder and we get this every single year like when next off season rolls around jimmy like <laughs> the injury Situations Uh, here—it just—it makes such a big, big difference. This is why I hate win-loss predictor guy. You know, oh, week eight against uh, the Arizona Cardinals, win. Well, you don't know what your roster is going to look like at that time. Think about the Colts and the Browns. Nick Chubb lost for the season with a nasty knee injury that they wouldn't even replay during the telecast. It was that bad. He's one of their major, like, pillar-type players, and he's gone for the year. Deshaun Watson's been nicked up for a couple of games. Anthony Richardson is out for the season. You know, like, these are massive injuries that impact wins and losses. So it's just the way it goes every single year in the NFL and every single off season, we make our predictions based on paper. It's like, that's not the way the game unfolds. And the injury toll is always, always massive throughout the the course of a season. And you're seeing it with both of these teams in this matchup.
2: Random fun fact about PJ Walker. It's not even fun because somebody else did this to him. Somebody apparently on his Wikipedia page gave him in his career highlights and awards an NFL record for longest in-air completion in NFL history. And I looked at it and I was like, well, first off, there's no citation there, which is a big red flag for me off the bat. I was like, and secondly, there's no way. And I looked it up and it appears that that might be like a Baker Mayfield held stat. He threw like a 72 and a half yard Hail Mary or something. But anyway, be careful is all I'm saying if you're trying to do some work on PJ Walker because a lot of tomfoolery going on with Cleveland not just for their starting
1: quarterback, but apparently for their backup as well. (laughs) There is – I just had a flashback. We might have to check this, but I want to say it was a Falcons-Panthers game, and he might have just uncorked just this, this Hail Mary-type throw. We're going to have to dig into that, man, because that might have been P.J. Walker throwing that You pass. think so?
2: You think it's yeah. real? I, it could be. Because the citation thing labels it as October of 2023, which is why I'm worried that oh. like, this is a recent edit. But I don't know. I, I,
1: Wikipedia is a dangerous game sometimes. Or I think know? I... Again, I'd have to check this out. But I want to say I remember PJ Walker just uncorking this massive throw, maybe to DJ Moore. But for some reason, I think it was Panthers at the Falcons. And it was just this wild back and forth, crazy swing type game. I don't know. Maybe so it occurred he, there. He,
2: he did unload a 62-yard Hail Mary, but there's one that says that Baker apparently had a 72-yarder a at some point as well. So we'll 72-yard
1: we'll, 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 Hail we'll, Mary? We'll, we'll,
2: we'll, we'll dig into this and figure out if that's a real notation or not. But it speaks volumes, to your point earlier, about Deshaun Watson and if he has a leg to stand on of, you know, I really am yeah. handicapping the offense I don't want to yeah. handicap the offense by not being out there. The fact that we're having to debate whether or not PJ Walker, who again was activated from the practice squad a couple of weeks ago and you know had a little bit of time in the XFL during COVID, the fact that that is the conversation that we're talking about tells you all you need to know in terms of would the Browns be better if Deshaun Watson was out there or not.
1: Yeah, another one of uh, Deshaun's comments. I've seen people talking about go out there and play, but if I can't control the ball, then I can't throw it and there's no benefit of me being out there. This again Jimmy is a hard sell. You can't control the ball. You just throw it and because there's micro tear, you're meaning to throw it to the left and it just goes to the right or you know what I mean? Like or it just sails on you. You can't get It's a hard sell. I there's no perfect way to handle this. But I think a better way would just be like look i've got this shoulder injury it's affecting my accuracy and i think it's better to get healthy now instead of maybe injuring it more and this injury lingering i think that's the best way to handle it but this have you been given a timeline nah, not really <laughs> and i can't control the ball and i'm handicapping this team while pj walker is taking uh, you know snaps from behind center it just i i don't think he's He's handled it very well. He doesn't come out smelling like a rose. I'll say that based on his comments.
2: Deshaun Watson's comments and the whole, eh, I don't know where I am type of feel make me feel better about where the Colts are right now, just because there's at least clarity <laughs> yeah. there, there's an answer of what's happening with your quarterback. Whereas with the Browns, eh, maybe he's going to be out there. Who knows?
1: I like this. Were you given a timeline? No, I in. I think that could be our uh, our ongoing thing. You could like, say anything
2: else. Yes, I don't want to disclose it. Yeah, that's between me and my doctors. Yeah, nah, is not, yeah. not, not ideal.
1: Hey, did you hit on the? Uh, the uh, jags saints over on thursday night um, no
6: nah, i'm <laughs> <You
2: know. laughs> hey did, did we get a run
1: in the first inning of the alcs yesterday
6: oh. um no nah, i'm <laughs> <laughs> you got to go
1: uh, yursie Yes, run second inning. Yeah, right? I
2: should have. I should have yeah. done that. Shoulda should have rode the I think the train they had again. three there. They did. The they Astros. did, to which I asked the television, where was Why? that in the first inning? Where was that's that that's when a... I had the
1: bet, huh? <laughs> oh, I swear, the amount – you think Twitter or X, there are a lot of trolls? They have nothing on the gambling trolls. Oh, my gosh. How many times <laughs> – how many times, Jimmy – do you bet a team or bet an inning or what? And the next game, the next inning, the next whatever, they do what you thought they would have done previously. It happens constantly. They're everywhere. They're there, they're <laughs> there, they're there, they're there to pull you down and make you feel worse about the bet that you made. Hey, man, real fast with these banged-up quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence tonight with the knee injury injured his knee on one of the last plays last week against the Colts. So we don't know if he's going to go. My gut feeling is he's going to try to go. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think he will. Feels like it. I don't have any evidence, but it feels like he's going to try to go. Justin Fields got the hand injury. Jimmy G back injury. Ryan Tannehill was limping around in London last week against the Ravens ankle injury. Uh, A lot of banged up quarterbacks, man. I wonder if that, and I'm sure we'll get to that at 2.30, but I wonder if
2: that has part of the purpose for all the different stat metrics that have been floating around Twitter, and I've seen it on some of the national programs as well, of offense being down across the league. Like that, that's been a big talking point the last five or six days is that whether it's just defenses have risen to the occasion, whether it's defenses stopping the deep yeah. ball, whether it's the injuries, but by a lot of different metrics, the, the numbers have been down offensively.
1: Okay, we'll circle back to that. Coming up next, Jake Trotter. Browns reporter for ESPN.com. He'll uh, let us know about, Deshaun watching. You got a show to enjoy. (laughs) Not feeling very good. Is Deshaun going to give it a go? I don't know. Uh, But Jake will fill us in on that. And uh, also everything else that we need to know with the Browns coming to town, taking on the Colts. I'm Brian, though, in for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. It's Quarry and Company here on 93.5 and 107.5 The
4: Fan.
1: And knowing for Jake, he's Jimmy Cook here on Quarry & Company. Want to welcome in, Jake Trotter, Browns reporter at ESPN.com. You know, I have to know, before we get into the Browns and the Colts and all that good stuff, this Journey song, a lot of people love to sing at the uh, top of their vocal cords. Would you go with this or another song if you were out and about with friends to be singing at full capacity there, Jake?
0: Journey songs or... This particular song versus all the songs in the world.
1: Yeah. What particular song would you go with?
0: Oh, boy. I'm a big Billy Joel fan, so probably something something along those lines. I saw he and Stevie Nicks in concert at Ohio Stadium uh, during the preseason, which was fun. So probably uh, that's probably where I'd go.
1: Is there a particular Billy Joel song that you would go with? I could go
0: with, I mean, his catalog is so deep, I could go with 30 different ones.
1: you just going straight into concert mode right there. I love that. <laughs> That's good, man. Um, th- now, you reported about before the, uh, the Niners game that P.J. Walker, uh, he had reached out to Jacoby Brissett. And Brissett said, hey, man, if Amari Cooper wins off the line of scrimmage, find him. Do you think that might be a similar mindset for P.J. Walker if he is the quarterback against the Colts this Sunday?
0: Yeah, that's the big question. I'm not, I'm looking at practice right now, and Deshaun Watson is out here, so it'll be interesting to see how much he's able to do today and tomorrow, and whether they give him another week or whether they, you know, try to move forward with him at quarterback uh, this weekend. But yeah, I mean, you know, you look at this Browns offense, and you know, if it is P.J. Walker, I mean, Amari Cooper's been easily their most consistent and most effective threat, and and that's right. I mean, P.J. called Jacoby Brissett, and and I asked P.J., I said, did he give you any other you know, big pieces, pieces of advice that you used in the game? He said, no, it was just throw the ball up to Amari. And that was like the Browns' best offensive play in that game, and they, they completed a couple of huge passes. That led to 10 points, and that was one of the differences.
2: Jake Trotter is our guest, covers the Browns for ESPN.com. Jake, what's the level of, of internal pressure, or, or the pulse, rather, of Cleveland Browns' ownership? when you balance where they want to be this season and the idea of having Deshaun Watson back would be great, but the idea of knowing that the bulk of that large guaranteed contract that gave him starts next year and you don't want to risk something that would cause him to be injury riddled for the rest of this contract. Is there a pressure meter there just yet with this particular injury? I mean, I think it's pretty
0: clear that they're not going to play him unless he is close to 100%. You know, he he was... In Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, here's words. He was medically cleared to play before the Baltimore game. That was in week four, which was, you know, three weeks ago. So, uh, you know, they're going to be as cautious as possible with a long-term view. But uh, I think getting that San Francisco win really took the pressure off. Because if you're two and three, Mm. things maybe look a little bit differently. Now at three and two, I think you feel good about the plan that you had in place.
1: That's a good point. What's the general opinion of fans regarding Deshaun Watson not playing these last couple of games?
0: Confusion because, you know, he he didn't say anything about the injury when we talked to him leading into that Baltimore game. And then, you know, he was limited that week in practice, but had been telling people around him, not just us, that he was going to play, he was going to play. And so we just kind of assumed, I think the team assumed that he was going to play. And then, you know, Sunday morning before the game, he tries to warm up and tells them he can't play. And I think everybody was kind of surprised by that. And, you know, they did not play well in that game. I think that was a big reason why.
2: For you, as you went into this season, looking at the Browns and knowing what they could be defensively, and then you look at where they are. This point in the season, ranked first in DVOA, fifth in points, first in total yards, second in sacks per attempt, only giving up 23 percent success rate on third down. Are they better than maybe the organization internally anticipated they would be at this point in the season, or is this about where things were from an off-season standpoint for this unit?
0: No, I don't think there's any doubt that they're they're better than they thought they would be. They they thought they would be improved, and they felt like the potential was there for this to be a really good defense. But, I mean, we're talking about an historically elite defense through five games. I mean, they're, they've given up 1,000 yards in five games. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, they have shut down basically every offense they've played with the exception of Lamar Jackson. And, you know, they've been elite at every level of the defense. I mean, the pass rush has been ferocious. Uh, they're stopping the run. And I don't know that there's a cornerback tandem in the NFL playing better than Denzel Ward and and Martin Emerson. I mean, they have just been put the clamps on everybody. So uh, I I don't think anybody saw that coming.
1: How about this stat where teams that play the 49ers are 1-18 straight up the following week? Like that's over the last 19 weeks. Do you think that's going to have any impact against the Colts? Is the Browns having played the Niners last week?
0: Yeah. Like there's no one that's really overly banged up from that game. It's not like they lost a bunch of guys, which I'm sure plays into that statistic. So I don't know if I see, uh, you know, a direct correlation in what, what could happen Mm -hmm. on Sunday. I mean, the Browns have played a bunch of physical games in a row. When you talk about Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Baltimore, then San Francisco, I don't know that San Francisco is any more physical than those teams. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we will see. I mean, this is. I think. I think I'm more interested in this team going on the road, which they've only done once all year. It's kind of crazy. We're already in after mid October, and they've only had to to go on the road once. They haven't had to take a plane trip. Uh, this will be their first one this season, and and I think you know the different environment other than Cleveland Browns Stadium will be interesting to see how this team reacts.
2: Jake Trotter is our guest. Covers the Browns for ESPN.com. The noted injury of Nick Chubb obviously stole headlines a couple of weeks ago, and they've gone at times with Jerome Ford as a lead back, with Kareem Hunt being kind of a change of pace. How has that running game leveled out to this point post-Chubb in terms of what they're able to do as an offense?
0: Yeah, they they got a little bit going in the San Francisco game. It certainly hasn't been uh, very good to this point. You know, they have played some really good fronts. Uh, you know Pittsburgh in the second half, but then Tennessee, Baltimore, San Francisco. So is is it that, or is it just they can't run the ball anywhere near effectively? Uh, it's it definitely compared to where, where they were. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to have the elite running game that they might have had with Nick Chubb, who just looked fantastic before the knee injury. But I, I, they do think that they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit better than they have to this point.
1: You know, this might be a totally unfair question, but if you think about Deshaun missing a couple of games and the upcoming opponent being the Colts, you know, it's not like one of the league leaders. Do you think there's any type of sense of, hey, give it one more week and let Deshaun get even healthier? Do you think that's swirling around the brains at all over there in Cleveland?
0: Poss- possibly but it, it's it's really hard to know and i think these next two days are kind of give us an indication of of where that is yeah.
2: from deshaun watson's point of view does the fact that he's back out there practicing and, and there on on a thursday granted you're going to need to see the injury report i understand that but does the fact that he's back out there at all move the needle towards, hey, maybe he actually is going to give it a go? Or, or to Brian's point, is this still really a, well, we're at a nice spot. We're, we're in the playoffs at the end of the day, but obviously every game matters. Maybe one more week. Is the fact he's out there change that at all to, for you?
0: I think it does. I mean, I had the indication that he was going to play this game. Then he wasn't at practice Wednesday. and Then he kind of sounded ominous in his availability yesterday, and so I didn't know what to make of that. But I, I think the fact that he's out there today – makes it probably at least a 50% chance, if not more, that he could be on the field Sunday.
1: Do you have whistles and air horns in your head when you go to bed at night after being at practice <laughs> and hearing it all day?
0: No, I'm so used to it now.
1: It's like background noise. <laughs> By the way, what do you think about the AFC North where the Bengals are in last place at three and three, the Ravens are in first place at four and two. Everybody just jumbled up. What do you think about the AFC North as we stand here going into week seven?
0: I think it could be the division that gets three teams in the playoff. Um, I think Cincinnati found itself. I think Baltimore is just scratching the surface of what it can be offensively and then never counting out Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. So uh, we've seen what the Browns defense can be. I, I think any of those four teams could win the division. You know, Pittsburgh's probably at a clear difference here, but uh, I would not be stunned if we had three playoff teams from the from the North at the end of the day.
2: Mm-hmm. Jake Trotter of ESPN is our guest. Jake, are you at all worried, you and the rest of the guys on the beat, that uh, maybe Amari Cooper might be coming for your job, getting a little cred today on the, <laughs> on, the on the on the tweets about Watson practicing?
0: Yeah, he broke
1: the news. He, he had the scoop. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, is Amari a Mario Billy Joel fan, by the way? That would bring Not it full circle, knowledge. right? Not no. to my knowledge, no. That's unfortunate. I was holding out hope he was right there. Jake Trotter, always good to catch up with you, man. You do an awesome job, and uh, hope you have a great rest of the day. Appreciate you guys. Take care. All right, you too. There he is, Jake Trotter, Browns reporter at ESPN.com. How do you feel about Billy Joel there, Jimmy? Love Billy Joel. Do you? Yes. I used to make fun of Billy Joel. Not really Billy Joel, but when I was doing radio in Albany, New York, huh? Upstate New York. Shout out to the 518. They had at their arena, it was the, I think it was the Times Union Arena, they had a banner for Billy Joel. And it was like, Billy Joel has played here nine times. And I'm like, man your sports scene sucks if you've got to retire or have a banner for Billy Joel like good lord can we win something around here Sienna can we get a banner instead of having Billy Joel in the rafters please you know we
2: actually have a whiteboard in the studio and it says Brian no is hosted here and then we, we just have to keep erasing it and change it every time we get you back on
1: <laughs> oh my gosh we got who else does that does anybody do that is it is it
2: on the city, or does it speak to the cachet of Billy Joel that well he warrants that? Because I mean, I, I would say if anybody does, he does, no doubt about it. That's the thing. You could go
1: the positive direction, like you have, like I generally you, try to. You yeah. g- generally yeah. do. You do yeah. a great job with Thank that. You. you know, if uh, Billy Joel is just that massive of an icon that we uh, threw something in the rafters there, banner wise. And it's not a reflection on the sucky sports teams in this area at all. It's just the greatness of Billy Joel.
2: (laughs) I mean, look. Let's not forget that we are just a couple months removed from MSG and James Dolan Company honoring Billy Joel for 150 sold out lifetime shows at the garden. Like, I mean, it, there's at least if the garden is doing it, then I think there's some ripple effects of where it's OK for you to do the same. Right. I feel like that's the, that at least at least you're not in the water alone. If an iconic venue like that is going to do it.
1: Maybe, maybe, but that's 150, you know? Versus, what do you say, nine? Versus nine. nine. <laughs> By the way, super fast, I love that going into the Niners game where you've got P.J. Walker, he reaches out to Jacoby Brissett and says, hey, man, any advice? He's like, yeah, throw it to Amari. He's like, okay, I got that. Anything else? No, just find Amari.
5: <laughs> By the way, I did figure out who that one win was. Oh, yeah? Who was it? It happened this year. It snapped the streak. Last year, opponents were 0-15 after facing the 49ers. Week one, the 49ers beat the Steelers.
1: Week
2: two... Wait, wait, we repeat that, because I don't want to undercut the stat, but isn't the stat... They beat the 49ers and then they lose the next no. game? No. No, no, no. They no. play the
5: 49ers. Oh, it's just play them make, at all. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. Because I'm sorry. I was operating underneath the Browns win last week. So it's just playing. Okay. Correct. Continue. My
5: apologies. Yeah. So last year, teams were 0 15 the sure. week after playing San Francisco. That streak snapped week one. They San Francisco played Pittsburgh. They defeated Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh in week two defeated Cleveland. Wow. Full wow. circle. circle. Wow. That's that's a crazier
2: stat now. I don't I don't have the proper way to describe my love for that stat because I thought it was just you beat the 49ers and then no. you lose. The, you just face them. You're in the yeah, same you just, building you just play with them. the 49ers. You just and, play the 49ers hey, and
1: then you're awful the next just week. Just Kyle Shannon <laughs> shakes your hand. is like,
2: hey, I don't know what's going to happen this game, but you're losing next week. That's all I know. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just the way it goes. Yeah.
1: You guys fought hard. Uh, prepare. It's just the beginning of the losing streak right here. <laughs> all right, coming up next... We got a lot to do. Okay. We've got uh, Jimmy's betting brain. Like, what's the reason? What explanation can we come up with for a trend here? And then also a little pub for one of our own. We'll yes. get to that as well. Brian, though, in for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. It's Query and Company here on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I'm Brian. I know, and for Jake, Jimmy Cook here. It's Querying Company on the fan. Man, you know, I, I'm just going to think of Jake Trotter belting out <laughs> Billy Joel now at uh, his favorite watering hole there, you know?
2: I mean, it's hard to not put We Didn't Start the Fire as one of those you'd belt out. A piano man, most definitely. I mean, but yeah, that Jake Trotter, at least for the foreseeable future uh, he's gonna pop into my head for for a little bit when i'm thinking of people on the bar
1: scene i wonder i think that's one of the bigger hit songs where for a lot of the song you're just kind of like eh, da, 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 you know da, what's funny da, 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 you know? I'm glad
2: you do that because he apparently <laughs> did i don't know how long ago it was but he did that at a concert like he does not oh, like no. <laughs> that song because that's really all it is he's like yeah da, 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 da. he makes the the <laughs> syllable he's like that's really all it is like it just yeah.
1: Oh man, that's funny right there. So, uh, by the way, you just heard a promo for Andy Sweeney. I think it was just a matter of timing, unless uh, Eddie Van Garrison set it up that way. I don't know, but uh, you wanted to mention this, where I did a sit-down, in-depth Roy Firestone-like interview <laughs> with Andy Sweeney. It's for Barrett Sports Media. So, if you just Google Barrett Sports Media, it just came out today. So, it'll probably pop up there. But, uh, Andy, it was really interesting where he started at the fan just a couple of months ago. And his wife – he's probably detailed most of this, but a different time slot. His wife gave birth to their child five months premature – five weeks – five months – five weeks premature. But he's commuting a little bit from Louisville to Indianapolis. He's looking for a new home. His wife gives birth – to their child five weeks premature they're in ICU it's this whole yeah. and he's doing radio shows they in the a morning house, the whole time like, yeah. like the
2: whole the whole thing like you're trying to balance literally you talk about where's your work-life balance at it, it is it has been a a tumultuous for a certain level of trying to balance everything for for Andy and for his family and as he mentions in that piece you know things have have stabilized a bit but yeah I mean that's you talk about one life change happening, but you combine them all three together at once. That it, it's a it's a very stressful time, no doubt.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's he, he pulled it off, man. He
2: did, and, and and just getting to hear his perspective on all that again. You mentioned that you had that sit down conversation with him over at Barrett Sports Media. Uh, if you're googling it, like Brian mentioned, just search Barrett Sports Media. It's on the headline. Andy Sweeney's on a wild new ride in Indianapolis. So my my favorite. Aspect of it, which is the conversation that I think a lot of people, sports fans think about as they approach the next stage of their life, is once you welcome a, a child into the world, yeah, wh- where where does the sports fandom go? And right. he highlights being a Giants fan, the fact that you know, a couple years ago, a forty nothing beatdown for the Cowboys <laughs> probably ruined the week, and then you realize, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things in life that, that maybe suddenly take front seat rightfully so compared to a simple loss on a on a Sunday night primetime game.
1: Man, it is funny because we were just chatting for this uh, feature and he was telling me about all this stuff where he's juggling the premature baby, finding a home, you know, all this stuff, starting a new show, new market, new partner, this whole thing, right? There's yep. a lot going at, on at once. And uh, it just popped into my head. It was years ago. I was doing a fill-in show for Fox Sports Radio. And uh, <laughs> the uh, producer was all upset. He's a big Broncos fan. He was upset. And the board op, big brother Jake, he said to me, he goes, man, you can tell he's young. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, man, I got kids. I got a mortgage. I got mouths to feed. The days of me being completely bent out of shape because my team lost. They are over. And I'm like, man, it's true. There's a lot of times. Listen, you're still going to be, and I'll still freak out about the Irish. I don't care. Yeah. Like, hopefully one day I'll have kids and all this type of stuff. But if Notre Dame has 10 men on the field mm. and they give up a touchdown against Ohio State, mm. I'm losing my freaking mind. I don't know. But but the point is, life does give you more perspective where it's not going to be the exact same way as earlier in your life when you might not have. Uh, as much perspective it's true it's how it goes you learn and you
2: grow and things get easier in the same way for andy that it's been a stressful last couple of months but you're learning you're growing and if you've not been a part of the ride already as always the wake-up call with our own kevin bone is going to join us tomorrow the wake-up call with kb and andy you can get that 7 to 10 a.m right here on the fan and again it's a great piece by brian and insightful on andy sweeney
1: over at barrett sports media good stuff well appreciate that jimbo how about this real fast gambling jimmy so, unders are hitting at a staggering rate here in the NFL. We're talking just a show over 60%. That doesn't sound like much, but the record, 55-36-1 to the under, right? So, I think it's a combination of things. I think that's obvious, but what would you put at the top of the list, the explanation as to why unders are hitting so rapidly? Well, a part of
2: it has just been... Fewest touchdowns in over a decade. This is highlighted, by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Sharp Football. but Warren Sharp kind of dove into all the metrics on this. Part of it is that a lot of it is you hear defensive coordinators all the time say, ah, oh, we want to limit explosive yeah. plays. We want to make sure that we're not allowing those explosive plays to happen. Well, that's happened so far this year. Since 2009, this is the lowest percentage of explosive plays that we've seen. And also, this is more, you'd really have to look game by game on it, but... The totals themselves, in terms of where things are at, you're at your lowest totals that books are putting out in 12 years. Now, I get for some mm. people, it's like, oh, well, sports gambling's been only legal in Indiana since 2019. Well, well, <laughs> let, let, let me open up a, a curtain real quick for you and also <laughs> let me remind you Vegas exists. But 44.1 is the average point total in terms of where total points are going to be scored per game. Weeks one through six, lowest in 12 years. And as Hmm. you mentioned, Brian, 61.5%. The highest since 91. It predates two-thirds of this show Hmm. games have gone under. And you mentioned injuries earlier. Maybe it's that, but I would argue fewest touchdowns (laughs) obviously has the biggest deal with that. And that's in part defenses, but I also think in part injuries. Fewest in 13 years, touchdowns per game.
1: Yeah, I think that the way defenses tried to strategize against Mahomes yeah. had a big ripple effect. It's a copycat league. And man, when they had Tyreek and they're just going up and down the field to put those two safeties back there and really make them nickel and dime their way downfield and the, earn it that way, a lot of teams. Yeah. Play How many play times do you see way? too
2: high safety now, like across yeah. the board with the league? I will say. I want everybody to pause and think about that stat of where the point totals are. 44.1 is the average point total per game by odds makers. That is including the fact and also points per game, 43.4. That's including the fact that the Dolphins dropped a 70-burger. Oh, like, man. that. Like how much is that being inflated by the <laughs> Dolphins putting up 70 against Denver? If we don't have that game, maybe you're talking about 20, 30 years in terms of low point totals. So this it, it, It's been a very strange year for offenses around the NFL, and I think it's in part why the playoff picture, especially in the AFC, is so murky
1: when you get towards those final two or three spots. That's why, you know... I. I Maybe there's a little, uh, internal memo or a little, uh, hey, let's not give these teams the col- the, uh, the Chiefs treatment where if they get breathed on a little <laughs> bit, there's a holding penalty mm, on Sauce Gardner mm, or, you know, okay. James Bradbury, less of that. Yeah, like you can just straight up grab. Uh, you know, I would uh,
2: argue you need those penalties so that way offenses are, are able to be more free-flowing. You're, you know? right, you're right about it. It's actually the opposite way where
1: <laughs> Darren Waller, you're just like, guys, guys, offense. Huh? Pro offense. Pro <laughs> offense. Like, <laughs> all that stuff. All right, coming up next, Matt Taylor, radio voice of the Colts. He'll get us all set for this game coming up against the Browns. We'll have some fun with Matt as we always do. I'm Brian Noe in for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. Squarey and Company here on the Fan. I'm Brian.
4: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So long, live singing to the oldies. Jamming out to something new and everything in between.
1: Now in for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. It's Query and Company here on The Fan. I want to welcome in Matt Taylor, radio voice of the Colts. You know, we need some, uh, we need some good news over here concerning the Colts here, Matt. And you're the voice of positivity. I feel like you're an upbeat guy. We're bummed out that Anthony Richardson is done for the season. So, you know, talk some positivity into us over here, huh? What's a positive note from you, Matt Taylor, concerning the Colts? Uh, not just this week against the Browns, but for the rest of the season here.
7: I just had some stellar, fat-free chocolate frozen yogurt in the tin cafeteria, and it was was damn good. I'm not going to lie, boys. There's your positivity. Things are looking up. Damn good lunch.
1: Man, fat-free, and (laughs) it it was still delicious, huh? That normally doesn't happen. That's right. No, no spare tires on me this week. All right? no,
7: we're trying to watch that radio figure. You guys know exactly what oh, I'm yeah. talking about, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. yeah, absolutely. know about that. No doubt. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, is that the only thing that we have here? <laughs> well, I mean, the good news is, in
7: all seriousness, right? You still have got 11 games to play. I mean, I mean, it, it, the, the metaphor. It, it's kind of cheesy, but you know, the 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 analogy that I use this week. It's like it, it feels like in the last four or five days that the shoe has kind of come untied a little bit, right? The the Jacksonville loss, uh, you let them go in first place in the division, uh, you get swept by them, and then 48 hours later you got the Richardson news and the Grover Stewart news, but There's still eleven games to play. All you gotta do is retie that shoe, you know, relace it, whatever you gotta do. I mean, as a kid, you mean you just go to the next loop over, the next hole down. I mean, that's all you gotta do. So eleven games to play and you can still get on a roll here. You can still win some football games with Gardner Minshew. The AFC South is not gonna have a team that wins thirteen games and runs away with this thing, so there's still plenty of time, and all of your goals that you had at the beginning of the season are still obtainable. It just got a little bit tougher, and that's life in the NFL. I mean, this thing's a marathon. I mean, the, the, the league is, is going to come and, and hit you in, in, in places that uh, you don't like. Every team's going to deal with it in terms of injuries. Colts have their fair share of those, there's no question about it, Um, but I think Gardner Minshew gives you uh, a very good chance to win these football games. He's a very competent quarterback, and you know, I think that's a disservice to him, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, yeah, I think he's much better than that, and he certainly um, you know, can, can play much better than he did last Sunday. So you've got to put it all together, but you know, not having your rookie quarterback in terms of development and playmaking ability for the rest of the season, that's a blow. But it's not like you can just forfeit the next 11 games. you got to play them, so you might as well go out there and win them. And um, I think that's what this team is going to do, and I think it's going to be an interesting uh, two-and-a-half months uh, down the stretch here.
2: Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor is our guest, brought to you by Shelly Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. Mayte, for you as the voice of the team, and you're evaluating week by week, along with Rick Venturi, where the team's at and where things are progressing. When you try to come up with a word or a phrase to describe Anthony Richardson's season, is incomplete a fair word when you look at the small sample size, but a lot of positivity at times during the reps he got out there?
7: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. You can use incomplete. You can say a drag. You can say a bummer. You can be – I think it's okay to be mad, too. I mean, I, I was all of those things. I was really upset just because, selfishly, I want to watch Anthony Richardson. You know, I said earlier this week, I mean, in the first quarter against the Houston Texans, like, legitimately, I'm on fire. Like, I am, I am so excited to see what he's going to do next. And on the edge of my seat, uh, full of anticipation, because he was that good, that electric, and that fun to watch, um, you know, in that, in that small sample size. And then he gets banged up, has the concussion, has to go out. So it just seems like, you know, with Richardson and, and maybe to a larger degree for this team – so far this year they've they've taken one step forward and then they go backwards with something right with either off the field news or a loss you know the rams loss you had this loss this past sunday after beating tennessee and kind of getting a monkey off your back as far as the titans are, co- are concerned um so yeah i mean it's given the way that he played and how exciting he was it's just going to feel like an eternity Between now and September, whatever of next year, week one. I mean, that's just going to feel like it's so so long. And I know he's trending in the right direction, or at least can you know, kind of a loose timeline uh, get back on the field in the spring, and that's great. I mean, you certainly want that you know over the uh, the alternative. But um, you know, spring is one thing, and regular season football is another. There's no doubt about that, and it's just it's just going to be feel like a long time between. You know, major experiences for Anthony Richardson, and I guess we feel that way um, because he just looks so good, and he was ahead of schedule. And I'm not worried about you know missing all of this time. I'm not worried. I, I'm not worried about that stunning his growth. I'm more worried about you know the shoulder and and physically how that how that you know bounces back and how he bounces back after that if he's going to be the same guy in terms of the velocity and you know the muscles and the mechanics of that shoulder. I, I'm more worried about the physical stuff than i am you know where he was uh you know with a mental mastery of this playbook because he was i think further ahead than a lot of people thought he was going to be back in the spring
1: i think you hit on a lot of it right there but based on what you were able to see while he he was playing for the colts Mm -hmm. this year moving forward what would you be most optimistic about and what would you be most pessimistic about with richardson yeah
7: well, I mean, again, optimism is is that he can just do things that he puts pressure on a defense that no disrespect to Gardner Minshew that he can't do, that most quarterbacks can't do. I mean, you look at a game like this Sunday with 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 Richardson out there if he were playing, it would it would it would hold a guy like Miles Garrett to respect the ability of Anthony Richardson to pull it on a read zone or to get out of the pocket and to put a shadow of a doubt in in Miles Garrett's mind that hold him for just that half second or a fraction of a second and that that's all the difference in the world at this level and so that's what you don't have the rest of the season, that's what you can get back to next year, that dynamic ability in the backfield between Richardson and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's a shame those two only what had one snap together uh, in, that, in that Rams game. So it, it kind of is what it is, but you know things that I think he needs to continue to develop and work at, you know, first it's just protecting himself and, and knowing how to play this game at this level. It's okay to slide. You know, he he started to do that towards the end of his run here as a rookie. But it's just you know knowing when to take a hit. You know, going down, uh, how to protect your body. You know, kind of learning how to fall, so to speak. I think it sounds crazy to say that, but those are things you are going to develop in, in time uh, as he gets more experience in the NFL. Accuracy needs to continue to develop as well. The good news for for Richardson again for the most part this year in these games, he really didn't have too many, you know, deer in the headlight uh, type of situations, right? Where he's going uh, in the wrong direction with the football, or he's trying to squeeze it into an area where he shouldn't. There just, there weren't a lot of instances like that. And, you know he was kind of uh, ahead of the game as far as a rookie quarterback in terms of just the mental mastery of of this playbook and the Colts putting him in good situations so that's what i feel confident about but you know inevitably you know people are going to say all right we were, the Colts are kind of back to where they were at the beginning of this season and Richardson's back at the you know where he was at the beginning of the season just because he only had Four games and 173 snaps and all of that, and I get it. But you know, if you just kind of watched him develop in real time, like we get to do here at the complex, he's just light years uh, from where he was in the spring. He's light years from where he was in training camp. Um, so the good news in all of this is that he's not going to disappear, right? He's not going to just go home back to Florida and sit on the couch. He's going to continue to, you know, help game plan, uh, help Gardner Minshew, and he's himself mentally going to game plan for these games as if he was the starter so that's that's pretty invaluable but yeah it's it's definitely a drag and, and and it's not ideal for you know your quarterback to only have four games under his belt when he had so little experience coming from major college football at florida
2: colts play i play voice matt taylor is our guest matey for garner Minshew, his career has been not just as a Perennial backup is a strong word, but in his opportunities, wherever they've been, whether it's been as a starter, whether it's been as a backup, he's taken care of the football very well. The turnover bug has not been something that has been labeled throughout his career as a quarterback. So I'm willing to chalk up this past Sunday as an anomaly, but did anything stand out to you differently in terms of why he struggled so much against Jacksonville? Or for you, was it just hey, that's a good Jacksonville defense and he had a ton of throws he probably wants back?
7: Yeah, but he's probably amped up, too, right? He's probably got the nerves for, for that game going back and playing Jacksonville. I mean, that's a question for him. You know, I can't fully answer that. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's I think at this point in his career, given how good he was at taking care of the football and how accurate he has been up to this point outside of last Sunday, you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, his going into the game, his – his touchdown-to-interception ratio was like 3-to-1. I mean, it was historically good. Um, and, you know, he's never had that many turnovers in a game, never had that many picks in a game. So you kind of chalk it up to a really bad day at the office, or at least you hope that's that's kind of the blip on the radar here. But I, I fully suspect, suspect he's going to bounce back and put in a good effort. The biggest thing for the Colts in this game on Sunday is they've they got to give Minshew a chance. they got to win on the outside because – you know Cleveland's defense is really good statistically but a reason why it is is because they've just sort of mastered the simplicity of football and that's rush and cover and they've got really good guys up front and really good guys in the back end and they're just basically saying we're going to play press man-to-man and our secondary is going to be good enough that it's not going to let you throw the football out in time or get enough separation from those receivers in time before that pass rush gets to you and makes you throw it before you want to and that's Basically what they've done, you know, Miles Garrett, Zedarius Smith, Okaronku up front, and then in the back end, uh, they've got, you know, Newsome, they've got Ward, they've got Thornhill. These are all elite players uh, at their respective positions, so... The Colts have to help Minshew in this game have somewhere to go with the football quickly because I suspect it's going to be hard for the Colts to to push the ball down the field. But that being said, they're going to have to push the ball outside the numbers, and they've got to get free releases off the line of scrimmage. That's imperative in this game, whether that's Michael Pittman Jr. beating his man off the line or – you know, you you scheme it up in in terms of the formation with stacks and bunches. You go in motion, and you kind of get the the formation open for you in that regard. So one way or another, that's how it has to be done this weekend. But it's a really really stiff test from the Browns. But I suspect Minshew's going to be sharper. He's going to be more focused. And hopefully, to your point, Jimmy, uh, that four-turnover game, that three-interception game is going to be a blip on the radar. And hopefully it's not a sign of of things to come here with with Minshew with the Colts.
1: He's Matt Taylor, radio voice of the Colts, joining us here on The Fan. You think about that play, Matt where Anthony Richardson got hurt. Totally legal play. Nothing dirty about it with Harold Landry. But I'm just wondering, you see how quarterbacks are protected inside the pocket, and you think about how many of the quarterbacks use their legs, they're much more athletic, they run... Could you see the NFL and the competition committee saying we'd like to see these guys be healthy and upright? Could you see a body weight penalty for a quarterback that's running the football one day in the NFL?
7: Man, that'd be really tough. I mean, just as a just as a fan, you know, as a former player, especially a guy that played defense, I I would hate that. I mean, I, I really, I don't think there's anything you can do about it. I mean, you're either gonna you know you're either going to play the game or you're not you know to me to me it's it's be it would be really difficult to legislate that it would be so subjective to to enforce that I just think you're going down uh, a hole that's that's going to be really hard to, to, to get out of so no I I don't like that that question um, but here here's the thing you know with Anthony Richardson and I know it's it's a catch-22 because what makes him so special is obviously you know kind of put him into harm's way and you know has led to these injuries he, he, if you do the math you know he's he played in 173 snaps and he had 25 carries right so that's about six carries carries or I carry every six snaps I should say. Maybe that's a little bit high going forward but you, 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 you continue you have to continue to tap into his resources and what makes him special and the pressure he can put on opposing defenses and if you just turn them turn him into a, a traditional pocket passer then you might as well just draft Tanner McKee in the fifth round out of Stanford or something right I mean you just you, you have to let him be special and you have to allow his ability to put pressure on opposing defenses, like we talked about that threat that he could be for a player like Miles Garrett. But I think going forward, you're going to see the Colts be certainly selective, and maybe that's third down or maybe that's red zone. But you have to have the threat of Anthony Richardson uh, to be successful, given all that he can do. And I just think it's a matter of time. This guy's going to be incredibly special, and I think he's going to take this franchise to new heights. But you know, it's 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 a big time bummer right now because we're not going to. See see it for another you know, 11 months.
2: Tanner McKee taking strays on a Thursday. Matt Taylor is our guest, the voice of the Colts, brought to you <laughs> by Shelly Materials. Sorry, I'm sorry,
7: just, that, that name popped in my head. No, no, I understand.
0: I
2: understand. I understand. And it's the most recent name, right? Six-round pick last year. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Shelly Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. Matt, we talked to Adam Archuleta, who's going to be on the TV call on Sunday and has been on the past couple of Colts games as well, about how the Colts are easing in Jonathan Taylor and Folks just need to remember that with any injury, it takes time to get reacclimated, and the Colts have done a good job kind of easing him into a workload. Do you expect even more on his plate in terms of snap distribution this coming Sunday?
7: Yeah, I do. I do. You know, you look at it last week, it was around 50%, and, you know, the carries went up, uh the overall usage went up. Um, You know, those two guys, Moss and Taylor, combined for, I think, 13 catches out of the backfield. So I think those two guys are going to be a staple in the passing game, especially for a quarterback like Gardner Minshew that loves to uh, incorporate backs and kind of have those guys be an extension of the running game in the passing game, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think – You know, Jonathan Taylor, it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, before he starts ripping off. Uh, you know, 20-yard runs and you know, maybe scoots into the end zone, you know, from the high red area, if you will. So, you know, I, I do suspect the Colts are going to try and heat him up a little bit. And the only way that's going to happen is just not force-feed him, but make sure you continue to incorporate him into the game. So, you know, I, again, I, I talked last week, I think I came on the show and said, you know, Zach Moss deserves the, the first right of refusal to have a big game. I still think that's the case with Jonathan Taylor now coming back for week three. But, listen, I, I think Taylor's going to be, you know, if you give him five, seven carries in the first quarter and a half, I think he's going to be a much different back and maybe a more efficient back this week than he was two weeks ago, to answer your question.
1: Were you able to take any of the fat-free, delicious stuff with you on the go? Right? <laughs> you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get that. You can get a little, a little
7: cup to go. Take Did you do that? Did you it?
1: eat it at the facility and then take a little with you for later on? Oh, I've been known to do that. Yeah, a little <laughs> car ride home, a little
7: treat yeah. on, the, on 465. You know there you
1: both. go.
2: <laughs>
0: very
1: nice. <laughs> very nice, uh, Matt, always appreciate you popping on the show, man. Good to visit with you. Hope you have a good day. Thanks, matey.
7: Yep, you guys too. I'll uh, talk to you next week.
1: All right, there he is, Matt Taylor, radio voice of the Colts. You know, I don't want to kill his nickname over here, but I was just thinking, like, Matt, you don't say mate. You know, Tay. Should it be Matt? Tay? Matt.
2: <laughs> well, I think that would be a conversation, not for the fact that you get the Tay on his last name, right? It's built in. It's a yeah, portmanteau of the two, right? I mean, you, you get, you get them both.
1: Yeah, you get Tay with Taylor. I get that. But May you, you, from Matt, you see, that's you see, You see
2: Ma is what you're looking yeah. for there. Okay. I understand. Mate. I mean,
1: I'm. <laughs> and there you go. Like the drink. Boom. New nickname.
2: I, I If it's okay to you, because uh, I have to see him more often, I, I'm going to stick with Maytay myself, but I but I, I appreciate the, the, the conversation juices that we got flowing here. I do.
1: <laughs> these are the ideas that swirl around my head you know, from time to time. Jake talks about
2: all the time about the ideas that float around his head when he puts his head on the pillow at night, and I'm glad that yours have to do with phonics. That's good. I'm glad, yeah. that,
1: I'm glad that that's where some <laughs> of those lie. Um, coming up next, these potential cheating scoundrels and maybe a rule change we'll get to both of those stories coming up i'm brian though in for jake he's jimmy cook squary and company here on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan what's
4: your favorite life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: Aerosmith's song. Don't stop believing. Please tell me that I mean, Eddie Van Garrison... It was going to arrive at some point. He just... He totally... Cut and spliced stuff together. I know. You know what I mean? I know. But that's not the case, is it? No. I mean, again, it was a
2: very quick recovery. But out of context, that is still what happened. It's it's a painful Man. memory. It's still there. Eddie, I think, it's, it's his ringtone, whatever I call him. Uh, he has it saved in four different spots at home. <laughs> it's, it's in a cryptic, uh, uh, what do you call it, one of those... Um, aggregator, uh, like, Bitcoin wallet saved with five passwords. He's, he's got it out when he needs it. By the way, can day. you email
1: me that, Eddie? <laughs> I need that as a text tone as well right there. If you could send that my way. Yeah, I can do that. Thank you, man. I'll send
5: you all the other ones I have of him, too. So Please, okay. do.
1: Please do. Please the, do. Were they playing? What's the, um, the Montel... Williams song? Oh, it's Montel right. Jordan. This is Montel Jordan. It. I always mess that up. It's all like, right. I,
2: see, I'm willing to let that go and forgive you. And <laughs> you're not, I'm kind you're of not like Eddie so Cut That Up. Make right at least. <laughs> oh, that's good.
1: <laughs> for some reason, Montel Jordan sounded wrong for a second. Montel Williams was the host, right? Yes. You still see Montel in some of those commercials, mm-hmm. don't you? Yep. You do indeed. Still out there. Still Very kicking. Nice. But um, were they playing Montel Jordan at a Notre Dame game, they did. Yeah. I texted you and Eddie. They played
2: it. It wasn't like the first song they played, but one of the songs within the course of the game. All of a sudden, we got this is how we do it in the lead up to kickoff. Of course, Ohio they ship. It was it was the Ohio State game. They of course play shipping off to Boston with the Here Come the Irish over it, and like that's always really cool. But in the lead up to that, all of a sudden, I hear this is how we do it over the loudspeaker. I'm like, I got I know Brian's oh, my Notre man. Dame guy. Eddie
1: will appreciate it. I got. I got to give a shout out to my boys. So that's hilarious. Man. Hey, how about these potential cheating scoundrels? That would be your Michigan Wolverines. Huh? Fresh off of beating down Indiana.
2: Asterix. Asterix by that now. That's right.
1: <laughs> and throwing a pass late in that game while it was while it was well in hand, while it was raining, and I Void might that have bet, bet yeah Avoid that running bet. play, but, oops. Um so they might be sign stealing here. Jimmy is what's going on. They've been accused of sign stealing. So at issue, according to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, he says, at issue is whether Michigan used unnamed individuals to attend games of both scheduled opponents and possible college football playoff opponents in an effort to gather information on the signs they use to call both offensive and defensive plays. That is a no, no. And that's what Michigan is uh, is accused of doing here. Those freaking cheating Wolverines, huh? Fits the profile <laughs> if this is exactly what indeed is going on.
5: Can't believe they have to stoop down to that level to beat Indiana. I wow. mean,
2: that's just, that is the type of respect that IU football brings to the table <laughs> that you yes. need to leave no covered unchecked in order to try to find a good game plan to beat the Hoosiers. I will say from an investigation standpoint, I'd be fascinated to know what goes into that. Are you tracking like anybody that's had a conversation with Jim Harbaugh in the last like 6 months oh, that man. also had flight records to go see a, a game at Champagne? Like is that is that the process there of trying to
1: track down did this or did this not happen? I don't know, but you think about what happened to begin this season. Right? Where yeah. Jim Harbaugh was on the radar because of recruiting improprieties and he basically could have said yeah I messed up he's like nope he just always denied it and then there was the whole thing about is he suspended for four games is it three games yeah he was going back and forth with the NCAA so they definitely have an axe to grind when it comes to old Jimbo Harbaugh. So maybe that's how this started to come about as well. I don't know. Maybe they took a closer look.
2: You know, I think that Michigan football should take a page out of Kansas basketball's playbook and just have Harbaugh miss three games and then everything will be fine. And yeah. then they'll just forget about We're it. We're good. Be a little slap on the wrist. Everything yeah. will be okay.
1: Just FBI wiretaps and <laughs> eh, who cares? Just It's KU basketball. Hey, you guys took care of it. The coach missed some games. Yeah. It's all square. We're fine. Yeah. Against (laughs) non-conference opponents that you're going to beat by 25. (laughs) We're good here. Debt paid. (laughs) I didn't know this. Scouting opponents in person has been prohibited since 1994 in college football. You cannot do that. I know they have rules a mile long. But I didn't know. Learn something. Hey, thank you, Michigan.
2: Maybe they should have gone the Patriots route and had somebody dressed in team oh. gear with a camera up in the press Dude, box and just done it that way. That would have been some fine.
1: of my favorite footage <laughs> of all time. Is I can't remember the opponent. I want to say it was at a Bengals game. Yes, it was a Bengals game. But they yeah. were in Bengals gear. They were disguised oh. as, as, as Bengals personnel. And someone came up to him and was like, "What's going on here? What are you doing? What are you recording?" And he's like, oh, "It's uh, uh." Uh, it's for a thing. They, they oh, did not prep for them. for a thing. They did huh? not prep them for
2: what to do. In the,
1: <laughs> they, they
2: went into the Sean Watson school of answering oh, questions man. in terms of what not to do when being accused of a crime.
1: Yeah, if you missed it earlier, Deshaun with his shoulder injury. Hey, Deshaun, did they give you a timeline of when you might return from this injury?
6: Um, no, nah, I mean, it's just really just day-to-day. It's <laughs> just kind of... When it heals on its own, you know, and I think that's the, that's the tricky part about it. It's one of those deals where it's no different than, you know, a sprinter having a hamstring. It's just one of those deals where it's day-to-day. When it, when it heals, it heals.
1: Now, this is a funny thing to me, Jimmy, is imagine Deshaun asking the doctor what the media guy asked Deshaun, which, of <laughs> course, happened. Like, Doc, what's the timeline looking like here? When can I get back? Is there a timeline? Ah... Nah, it's just going to kind of run its course and heal on its own. You're just day to day. It's kind of like a hamstring injury. Think about it like that, Deshaun. Can you imagine a doctor saying that to Deshaun or any athlete? No, I can't. And
2: that makes it even more baffling that that would be the because Because you would think when you're hearing him say that, that it is a follow up from a conversation he had with medical personnel and you know that that is not how it was phrased to him. Right. But you hear him say that, and it's like, well, who is doing the procedures for yeah. him here? Who's,
1: who's making these calls if it's, uh, well, you know, I don't really know. There's no real timetable on it right now. This, to me, translates, and I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. See how C.J. Stroud's rookie season is going? I've been wrong before. But this makes me think, They've said, Deshaun, you've got this injury you're dealing with. It's some, you know, there's going to be some pain, but you can manage it uh, and you can return. And he's like, yeah, but I don't feel right. You know? Yeah. That is a total guess. I'm not basing that on any concrete information, but that's the way it feels to me. And he's back at practice today. Did it was it just like from Tuesday to Wednesday, boom, the healing powers kicked in. He told us it was gonna be day to day, and today's the day. He's good to go. Like I think this is a pain management thing. And when he throws the ball, he feels a little weird, which I get. and he's just not comfortable. To this point, going back out there, uh, he might be comfortable enough to play against the Colts, but he wasn't last week against the Niners.
2: That injury report is going to reveal a lot because if it's trending in the right direction, I think he goes. If it's not, it's just like a limited participant and things don't look great. I would probably side with what you brought up earlier, which is probably just rest in one more week just to
1: be yeah, safe. maybe so. I want to throw this at you, too. So I, I, th- I threw it out there to Mate, you know, Matt Taylor. <laughs> about uh, could you see a body weight penalty in the NFL for defensive players who land on a running quarterback right yeah. quarterback runs the ball like Anthony Richardson did nothing dirty whatsoever with Harold Landry's tackle but can you see the NFL thinking man we'd like to have these quarterbacks upright we promote games like, hey, it's Monday Night Football, It's or Sunday Night, it's Tua Vailoa, it's Jalen Hurts. They're not talking about Devontae Smith and, I don't know, like uh, 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 the, the backup cornerback of the Dolphins. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're promoting it with the quarterbacks. Can you see the NFL, who has taken all these safety measures... Think about all that's changed. Body weight penalties in the pocket wasn't a thing until recently. Could you see them with all of these athletic quarterbacks that run the ball a lot more frequently than back in the day? Could you see the NFL saying, hey, you can't land on the quarterback while you tackle him when he's out in space just like in the pocket? I could see them coming to that conclusion. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just saying... I could see them doing exactly that.
2: I could maybe see it happening if we start to see in more frequency, real clips, a company with data points that, Hey, this is what's causing those injuries. And even if it's coming close to causing those injuries, just as an extra precaution, we're going to implement this. I will say though, and this is, and you know, ask any fan of a team that has a franchise quarterback in tote. You never want anything to happen to the most valuable player on the field. That said, I'm already fed up with the way they're officiating roughing the passer in the league and what is oh, defined as a legitimate roughing the passer call and what is just a quarterback turning his head, looking up at the officials, you know, like a lost puppy, like, hey, look what's happening to me here. Throw a flag. <laughs> I, I don't know where the line is there, and that's already a problem. If viewers don't understand what roughing the passer is, and not only that, they pan over to the sideline, coaches absolutely lose their minds right. when some of these ticky-tap roughing the passer calls occur. With all that, like I think that needs to be reevaluated. I don't know the answer right now is to do it, but your question is, could I see it happening? Yeah, because they don't know anymore what the definition of roughing the passer is. So, sure, it's
1: not out of the realm of impossibility. I think that... The body weight thing, although it annoys me to no end, and it cost me money last year, uh, Jimmy. I had Chris Jones from the Chiefs getting a sack against Derek Carr, then with the Raiders. And that's exactly what happened. And I'm like, oh, baby, I just hit it. Flag. What's the flag for? body weight penalty. The, the, the Cookhouse was, was, was irate, oh, as was Arrowhead Stadium.
2: Caused so Carl Cheffer's voice to crack later in that game because he was so oh. fearful of the turn that happened by the Arrowhead crowd. Really a turning so, point of that game, but yes, that is, to your point, the key element right. of what that penalty is
1: from a confusion standpoint. But that's standpoint. the thing. As much as I hate it, it's one of the easier things to witness. You know what I mean? Like, Did the defender land on the quarterback? Did he land on him with his body weight? Yes or no? Like, that to me is a lot more clear-cut than some of the other things. Like, okay, a late hit. Did he take one full step and then hit the guy, right? Like, and that happens, boom, blink of an eye. I think if, like, Harold Landry clearly landed on top of Anthony Richardson. When he tackled him, right? Like, that's clear as day. So I don't think it's going to be one of these really difficult to decipher. Did he land on him? It happened so fast. I couldn't really. It's like, dude, he landed on top of him. It's just whether or not the NFL looks at that and says, could this be avoided? And even if it's asking a whole heck of a lot from a defender to tackle a guy delicately enough where he's not getting injured, I think it's absurd. But I could see the NFL one day ruling that way where quarterbacks are running. And they're officiated similarly to how they are in the pocket. It would not stun me at all based on all these safety measures that the NFL has taken already.
2: No, I'm with you. It wouldn't surprise me. I think it would probably be a mistake to do so, but it wouldn't surprise me based on the measures that we've outlined. And again, that Chris Jones example, like that's a strip sack and you're fighting for the football. Uh, Like, I, I don't know what, like you can't pull out a futon for Derek yeah. Carr and lay him down before you right. get the football. And then there was another one called uh, that someone like took out Josh Allen a little bit as he threw the ball like simultaneously. It's like a safety's blitzing full speed right. or a corner's blitzing full speed. W- what do you want him to do? Like if he arrives there at the same time as the ball's being released, where is he
1: supposed to go? Yeah. I'm totally with you. And let me make it clear. I'm not advocating for it. (laughs) I don't want to see body weight penalties on running quarterbacks. But I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be shocked if they go down that road. Okay. Coming up next. We got Thursday night football, Jimmy. We've got a lot of betting possibilities. Do you go your fee again in any of the baseball action? We got a lot to get to. That's coming up. I'm Brian, though, in for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. It's Query & Company here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian Noen for Jake. He's Jimmy Cook. Quarry & Company here on The Fan. I like that effect where it's like, you're listening to Quarry. What do you think if we did a segment like that? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's only the imaging where you hear that effect. You don't hear it when the hosts are talking. What if we broke new ground here, Jimmy. You mean like imitating that voice? Yeah, it's just an effect. Do you have that handy, I mean, it's Eddie? Not,
2: it's not an It's
1: a real person, right? Like yeah, it's not yeah. to be it's clear. Just a, it's a, an effect on his voice. Sure, like, you're listening to Quik, right? Sure. That kind of muffled. That is that is the voice actor
2: choice there in terms of his enunciation on the programming. Yes.
1: What do you think if we're just in conversation and it's like, I want to switch gears on you right now, Jay Cook, and then I just get into, hey, how about Michigan football accused of sign stealing? Maybe there's something there. Maybe you have officially revolutionized
2: radio here on October 19th, 2023. It could be. I mean, who is is to argue? Some might argue.
1: It could be another one of my many dumb ideas that just waste time, you know? (laughs) Could be that. Let's get into this the jay cook plays of the day
7: this is me all right i'm not a athlete this is my way this is how i win
2: today's plays of the day will start first with our outright winners i'm gonna take the texas rangers to get back into Ooh. command of this series Minus 115 on the money line tonight. We're also going to take the Philadelphia Phillies to take a commanding 3-0 series lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks. That at minus 130 on the money line. Now the part everybody's ready for. Eddie is the big fan of these type of bets. I'm really jumping in for the postseason because they are fun, and they're they're. it's a quick kill if you fail, yeah. or it's an electric win early if you get it done. We're going to take under half a run in the first inning Ooh. of Phillies and Diamondbacks. That's, under, a under, That's a bad one. Under half a Whoa. run. In
1: immediate Phillies objection and from Eddie. Eddie. Wow.
2: immediate objection, we'll get to that in a second. For Astros Rangers, we'll see if I'm wrong twice per Eddie. Over half a run in Astros Rangers tonight. Those are the plays. Eddie, do you have anything?
5: Uh I do, but Brian?
1: Okay, Brian first. Don't All go right. for it. No. I want to hear yours. No, Eddie. no, 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 no. I just have the Saints Uh, out right tonight. So
5: you're rusty. You forgot. No. The intro.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Stop what you're freaking doing right now. Listen. Pay attention. get get, Get a computer. Get a writing pad. Get your bifocals or just use your memory. Eddie Garrison is here to win you some money right now.
5: First five innings of the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. I'll take the Phillies minus half a run. That's plus... Uh, it's plus 112 on the odds. Brandon Fott should get uh, beat up by that Phillies lineup, and Rangers Suarez is just a beast in the postseason. And then I'll be taking over 9.5 again, Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. Both these teams should score. Both pitching matchups are favorable to the over here, and both bullpens got some work uh, last night as well. Give me Jags money
1: line. by the way. I, I totally totally left Thursday Night Football out of the equation. I'm on the Saints. I'm going to say, how about this? Uh, Did you see the Kyle Kuzma haircut? Did you see that at all? You know I did not. I think I I missed that. I did. Yeah. You got the Mike uh, Breen clip? (laughs) I do. This is Mike Breen and the laughing in the background. Did he lose a bet? (laughs) (laughs) I love Walt Clyde, Clyde (laughs) Frazier. It was all blonde and he had like, like a little patch of red. Like it was lipstick and maybe that's the bet. Loser goes blonde with the Kuzma. You want to put that on Saints? Uh, Absolutely Jackson? not.
2: No, I don't feel that okay. confident in Trevor Lawrence. No, I'm okay. Thank you. Yeah, probably a good <laughs> idea.
1: JMV next. Keep it locked. here on the fan.